Today is April 7th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. I hope you're all having a good, good Friday. So today, uh, we do focus on Good Friday, uh, several points throughout the podcast. Uh, we also talk about the population of the planet. How did that happen? Where did Cain and Abel's wife come from? Uh, you get to hear a story about my poopy cat. Remember the cat that was dying? Well, turns out I think it's going to live. Is that good or bad? I don't know. Hear the story. It may change your mind. Um, it's a mess. Dis- ugh, disgusting animals. Um, <laughs> I also talk about how um, I saw this this Facebook meme uh, right after the poopy cat story uh, yesterday that happened. This Facebook meme talks about how, you know, dogs are good for physical protection. They have heightened sense of awareness and hearing and blah, blah, blah. And then it says, but the ancient Egyptians worshipped cats because they're spiritually attuned and they can see into other worlds. And, you know, these, these ancient cats, they have eyesight that allows them to see between the planes and the fabrics of blah, blah, blah. And it's like mystical, magical cat. I'm like, you know what? If you guys worship cat, I guarantee you would not worship my cat uh, based on the story you will hear. I'm like, forget all this seeing interdimensional, you know, protection, blah, blah, blah. This cat pooped all over my house. So it is not the God you're looking for. Sorry, guys. Um, Anyway, we talk a fair bit about the Trinity, not the normal annoying conversations that usually go on. Well, maybe a little of that, but it's more analyzing it from a different perspective and what, what angle we should be kind of looking at this from. How much should or can we even know about God, and what's the intent and the heart behind it? And how can people, two people read the same Bible, one can grow deeper in their faith and one can grow further away from it to the point where they question if they ever were a Christian or they definitely are not a Christian anymore, or however you skin that poopy cat. Um, anyway, so we talk about that, and uh, then we meet a new Christian, and we talk to some of the regular people. So all in all, it's a pretty good, good Friday discussion um, with a little hiccups here and there. <laughs> You'll see at the beginning. But everyone have an awesome good Friday and a good Easter weekend. And uh, thanks, God, for this weekend, how um, we can all have hope. And that is the point. That's the ultimate point of Christianity, how God can redeem us all and did. So whosoever calls on the name of the Lord, if you're one of those people, congratulations. If you're not, um, pray to God. Pray to Jesus. Ask him to make you one of those people. Um, so after this, I suppose we'll have a whole other year to fight about uh, religion and politics in general. But uh, this weekend, I guess we need to put extra focus on keeping the main thing the main thing. So um, for more, you can check out the Ask a Christian book available on Amazon. You can check out the Ask a Christian store where you can buy T-shirts, hats, coffee mugs to encourage civil discussion about Christianity and the hope you have and why you have it. And also, you can donate to this podcast if you'd like to support us and what we do here. So, thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. Please share these links to the podcast everywhere, and have an awesome weekend. Bye. Welcome, welcome, Chris. Good, good Friday to you. Good Friday. So, uh, are you doing anything special for Good Friday? Are you taking a break off work? I'm taking a break off work, and I'm going to be doing grocery shopping for tomorrow. I'm making a leg of lamb for our fam and uh, some salmon. And uh, going to be uh, taking my son and his friends to the movies. And then we're going to our Good Friday experience at church, which is super fun. It's like a, it's like an art installation. It's kind of, kind of fun. Huh, I'm doing my shopping right now online. <laughs> um, so will your uh, leg of lamb, is it more or less holy 
if it has mRNA vaccines in it that you'll be ingesting. I mean, I'm having it specially injected by Fauci with as many mRNA vaccines as I can. I think it'll, ha- it'll be vaccinated 37 times. And that's kind that, of right? the number of perfection for vaccines, right? Yeah, you heard about that, right? No, I didn't, but I was, oh, I was yeah, riffing with it for you. Oh, well, turns out it's, it's true. Um, so, yeah, apparently they're going to start injecting like meats with uh, mRNA vaccines as well as plants and vegetables also. So no one is safe. So, yeah, like uh, it's, it's crazy, dude. So, you know, the end is nigh. So you, you, it's best to grow your own, uh, own uh, crops. Uh, that is true. We are all best if we did that, but I just don't have the ability to do that um, or land to do it on. So, yeah. Um. <laughs> I know, Chris, do you have a compound? So that again, Nick? Do you have a compound we can all grow grow plants on and raise chickens or whatever? No. I mean, I could probably get one. Is that what you want to do? We could have Felix down to raise horses so we have transportation. Not what I want to do. I mean, are we expecting an apocalypse of some kind? Well, I mean, if we're all going to be eating poison food, I mean, that doesn't sound good. I mean, you're vegan, dude. What difference does it make to you? Well, I just said they're doing the same thing with like plants. Like they were just talking about how like in plants and greenhouses they grow, they can uh, like all the little water veins and stuff that go through the leaves and the plants. They they were showing us animation how they're gonna like, and it was like a, it was like someone a video someone got from like a training center. And it's like, and next we pull the plants out and we crush them and we squeeze all the water out of it. Then we soak them in our special bath, and their special bath has all these blah 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 vaccines that suck it up because they just shut all the water out of it, and they're like. And we let it bathe for a few minutes, and then we return the plants to a healthy growing cycle, and then we harvest it and feed it to you. So, yeah, plants, uh, animals, yeah, nothing is safe. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. There was this great short story when I was a kid that I read, and it was called The Place Where Chicago Was. And uh, (laughs) there had been some kind of apocalypse, and human beings had figured out how to put up these broadcast towers that would broadcast an anti-violence like field so that you just weren't able to perform violence any longer. And so the joke in the beginning of the book was the, the vegetarians died out first because they just couldn't bring themselves to perform violence on plants to eat. So all the vegetarians starved to death because they were so concerned about picking plants. It's pretty great. Wow, big it's pretty it. funny. Are you persecuting me? I'm just saying it's a good short story from the seventies. Hey brother. What's up? Good morning. Happy Good Friday. To you as well. I have uh, a gospel track I wrote about Good Friday, if y'all would like me to read it. Is it long? It's like five minutes. All my gospel tracks are about the same. Sure, go for it. Maybe that'll be good, because the story I have to follow up is is, going to take us away from that. So yeah, go ahead. Okay, this one right here is titled... uh, judgment days romans 2 5 says but because of your hard and impenitent heart you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when god's righteous judgment will be revealed 
Theology sometimes presents us with a system to explain difficulties in the Bible. I often say that if you cannot find an answer for a possible mistake in the Bible and no one is able to give you an answer, it doesn't mean there's no one out there who can give you an answer. There is a principle in theology known as dual fulfillment. Isaiah 7:14 is a dual fulfillment. A promised son was born in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Jesus read from the book of Isaiah, but stopped at a certain point, saying that in his day, the reading was fulfilled in their hearing. The reason Jesus stopped was because of the next verse he could have read, which will be fulfilled on judgment day. Another verse also has a double fulfillment. The sun will darken and the moon turn blood red before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. In Ellicott's commentary, he says the great and terrible day of the Lord uh, is the day Jesus Christ died. St. Peter teaches us it was Christ's judgment day. St. Paul teaches this judgment day is coming again. Why is there a judgment day? It is due to the sin of the world. What do you call people who lie? Have you ever lied? Then you belong in their category. Do you not believe in God? Now you broke the first commandment to believe in God. Have you ever thought of God as anything other than what the Bible says he is? Then you broke the second commandment not to make a God to suit yourself. Have you ever hated someone? Jesus said this means you've murdered them in your heart. He also said unbelievers, murderers, idolaters, and all liars deserve to go to hell. Will you be innocent or guilty? Will you go to heaven or hell? What you need is an alternative judgment day where God's wrath can be revealed. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ was born of the virgin, but he could be so that he could be sinless. He lived a life of maintaining his sinful sinlessness, and this is why God his Father was well pleased with him. He earned his way to heaven by being good, but volunteered to pay the penalty for the sins of every new believer by being a substitute for them on a substitute day of judgment and wrath. Jesus Christ died on the cross by bleeding to death, was buried, but arose from the grave alive. He was seen by 500 people before he ascended to heaven, were saved by the grace of God through faith in the risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ without works lest we boast. Repent of your sins, confess Jesus Christ as your Lord God, and learn from him at a gospel church. Are you not convinced that the day of Christ's crucifixion is the great and terrible day of the Lord's judgment? How could that day be great at all? All Christians were, as Christians, we celebrate the, uh, the day every year. After all, why in the world do we call the, that terrible day Good Friday? Isaiah 53, 5 says, And he was wounded for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes we are healed. Thanks. Well, thanks for sharing. Do you have thoughts, Chris? In general, no. about Good Friday, anything before this uh, day takes us somewhere far away? No, I mean, um, I was going to 
I haven't gotten to it yet, but I was going to start my day with uh, R.C. Sproul's message on Good Friday, which is a really good one. Why don't you summarize it? In the main reason, I mean, it's... it's in the main reason what was that, brother? Wrote that one was because uh, on Karm, we had a whole bunch of people all of a sudden start arguing that, you know, Jesus wasn't punished by God, even though Isaiah 53, you know, suggests that he was punished by God. And, and uh, so we had a, a long debate about it. And uh, so all of a sudden it dawned on me one day, you know, that uh, crucifixion is also the uh, day of the wrath of God. And, you know, so I started looking in the commentaries. And as I said in that gospel track, you know, Ellicott said it was the uh, day of the wrath of God also. He bore our sins in his body. Amen. First Peter 2.24. I mean, that's kind of the point of, of the crucifixion, right? <clears throat> right. And it's just uh, some of those people on who argue against things on CARM, you can't tell them anything. So you have to dig deep and come up with things like that, you know, yeah. just to combat it. Yeah, I mean, the, there's a whole thing where Catholics and Orthodox will get real upset, you know, and they'll be like, so you're saying God died? You know, all this other stuff. Or they'll accuse you of being Nestorian. Nestorianism just means that there were two persons of Christ, the divine person and the human person, and that's not what we believe as Protestants. But they'll accuse us of that um, many times because of our view of the crucifixion um, and something called penal substitutionary atonement, which is just a big bunch of words that means that Jesus took the penalty for our sin. That's all that means. It's funny when people accuse. It's like you're pointing right into scripture. There's somebody else. Who is it? Some someone told us is like the accuser of the brother one. Who who is that? Seems like, seems like there's a name. Slither star. And they're doing the very. Oh wait, no. They're doing the very yeah, same you're thing. You're thinking of somebody else. He Satan does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just saw Slither star in Faithful's room. It was funny. What was the topic? Um, you know, Faithful's doing a room on, uh, was, when did Jesus, when was Jesus crucified? What was their, uh, consensus? Was there one? I mean, Faithful doesn't do consensus. He, he teaches. So, I mean, he's saying Friday, which I oh. think pretty much everybody who's Orthodox says, I was quite shocked to hear Mark say that he takes a Wednesday view. Yeah, but. I'm not going to burn him at the stake over it, but like, you know, it's just kind of a, I mean, R.A. Torrey, it is way off the beaten path. And R.A. Torrey that he cited wasn't necessarily an academician. Um, he was a, um, he was a pen, no offense, but he was a fairly uneducated Pentecostal preacher that they ended up putting in charge of Moody Bible Institute after D.A. Moody died. I was reading this thing about um, <laughs> let's take take off base for a second. I was reading this thing this morning because um, I can't keep my eyes off Facebook, and it was talking. It was like some pagan nonsense about like this um, the history of cats, and it was like you know one of those like whole Mother Earth Gaia whatevers, and um, it went something like 
you know, dogs are physical protectors because they have heightened senses and can protect us, blah, blah, blah. Then they're like, but cats, cats are spiritual protectors. They can tap into other dimensions. Their eyes can see things in the void and all this like mystical stuff. And it's like that. And, uh, you know, so cats have this mystical ability to protect us in the spiritual world. And, uh, you know, they can phase in and out of different stuff to keep us safe and guard us. That's why they were um, revered by ancient Egyptians. And I'm thinking, you know, I have a defeater right now. Maybe not for all cats, but mine is certainly failing in the mystical warrior protector interdimensional being. Because yesterday, um, this thing is not smart and it eats everything. So my, my child makes bracelets out of this like stringy bungee cord stuff. And this genius cat apparently at some point ate like three feet of it. So yesterday I'm sitting here minding my own business. And um, <laughs> after we had our podcast, and um, this cat uses the litter box, jumps out, starts looking around and spinning like a rodeo, like bull, like spinning around and around. And I'm like, what the heck? So I see that ha like a foot and a half of cord is hanging out its butt. Happy Good Friday. And there's a giant piece of poop attached to the end. It's like a ball on a chain. And it's scaring itself because it doesn't know what's going on. I'm freaking out because I just see this thing. And it's not the most solid thing ever. So it's like running around in circles, dragging this thing behind it. And it is slowly like disintegrating, like sludge on a snowy road. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have time to get a bag. I don't have time to get gloves. I have to jump and like tackle this cat to keep it from spreading poop all over my house. And with my bare hands, have to pull this cord out of this cat's butt. And then I spend the next hour cleaning up my floor, washing my hands in bleach in alcohol and like a hundred times with a bottle of Dawn soap. So um, I will just say for my cat, it is not a mystical interdimensional protector. I submit that to you. Man, thanks for that uh, rousing description of <laughs> cat feces. I'm very excited, thanks. Uh, well, I saw there was uh... oh, Anselm, I saw you wanted to come up. Did that cat story dissuade you? Feel free to come up. That's what happens when you guys don't talk. Please, no more cat stories. I'll talk about anything. I'll even have that uh, Austin guy back. Uh, which Austin the... guy? <laughs> Remember that guy? He's like so obnoxious. He's just like, you know, he was like, yelling at you about something with philosophy the other day and oh the one yesterday that was here for just was it yesterday was it okay. austin i i don't really i thought his name was austin i don't think i know not there's only one guy i think i know named austin but he, if it's that guy he, i don't think he ever talks unless i'm now that guy the, the guy the other day he talked he tries to talk all the time and he just is like what's your grounding for that you know he just he just wants to debate fight uh, Insulin, I am inviting you up. Let me know if you're not getting it. So, Chris, uh, the question before you came in was, um, someone had a problem with Adam uh, and Eve because they didn't like the idea of brothers and sisters hooking up, which, you know, short of the royal family, most of us don't. But um, so they were they were like viewing it as uh, one moment. Uh, they were viewing it as, you know, God did the same repetition through Cain and Abel to give him their own, their own uh, spouse. 
so they didn't have to hook up with their sister. I'm like, well, if it comes straight from them, that's like more closely related than like a sister would be. Um, but regardless, so they were trying to say, you know, like, well, that way they would still be through the line of Adam, so they would still be fallen. So could that happen? And I'm like, well, I mean, I guess if they all have like original sin, I guess there's no way, you know, he he couldn't just do the same miraculous event again. But you're putting a lot of you're you're like weaving together a lot of stuff. So like, I I I don't believe it. But if you want to believe it, I don't think your eternal soul is in jeopardy because if it still you know traces back to Adam, I I guess that's fine. There's just no real reason to think that would happen. What say you? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the Bible makes it pretty clear that brothers and sisters are going to marry each other in the, you know, in the time preceding the creation. I mean, I don't think that's controversial in any way. I mean, the whole, the whole ick factor of it, sure, but like <laughs> that doesn't come until later, you know. What's up, Anselm? Hey, what's going on, Nate? Thanks for bringing me up. Uh, sure, what's on your to, mind? Um, yeah, I was listening to you guys earlier speaking to this gentleman. And one, one of the things you just said was, um, I kind of forgot the details, but one thing that struck me is um, the most important thing is knowing who Jesus Christ was. Is that, yes. is that what you said? Yes. Okay, so... Who is Jesus Christ? God. Like God Almighty or like a son of God? The visible image of the invisible God. So just like Jesus says, if you've seen him, you've seen the Father, he and the Father are one. Yeah, he also said the disciples and us are one. So it doesn't the context of representing God. But my question is, is Jesus Yahweh? Yes, yes, Jesus is Yahweh. Okay, so Jesus, when he was praying, who was he praying to? <sighs> okay. Hey, dude, you don't gotta. Yeah. You don't gotta take deep breaths. Just relax, man. I can just go back to the audience. We leave. You don't. You don't gotta like huff and puff. If you're not ready, talk. I mean. Yeah, it's a very simple question. This is <laughs> this is something like as a Muslim, this is a question that we you know we get from Muslims all the time. It's just one of those things, man. It's just like, how many times have we answered this question? And it's easily Googleable, like, you know, in three seconds. And it's usually just, your God is a lie. Jesus isn't Yahweh. And that's where that ends up. And so that's that's where I was sighing, is that it wasn't that I didn't want to answer your question. I just know where this is going. And it's Good Friday. Okay. Okay, it's Good Friday. I could just leave, no problem. I just thought you had the floor open. Uh, well, that is true. Do. I mean, Chris, would you uh, like to? <laughs> would on. you like to? Yeah. You said we've got answers, so I figured I'm yeah, gonna yeah. get a huff and puff. But it's, okay, it's though, fine. if you're not ready, that's cool, man. Muslims, Muslims, forget about what Muslims says. It's just me I'm, asking I'm, you. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hang on, hang on. I, I, you're, you're. Stop. We want to answer you. <laughs> Sorry for the huffs and puffs. I wouldn't say huff and puff. More of like a. Uh, here we go. Because we know where it's going. It's already going there. Uh, anyways, Chris, would you like to give a 30-second rundown? Like, usually it's like the intent, right? So if we've got you all wrong, our bad. Um, if you care about an explanation, usually it starts off very nice and civil rights. Someone's like, I'm just an innocent little Muslim who just has a couple questions about your God. We're like, okay, sure, go ahead. Well, and, um, you know, after a, few pe after, after a little while, 
then it gets really contentious. And he's like, no, 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 because this says this and this says this and your God didn't die. And it's like, okay. So it's not like the question that's the problem. It's kind of like, you know, the intent of the questioner, which we don't know. So maybe that's unfair Look, of us. So I, I, anyways, in fair. the spirit of this. Nate, if you don't mind, that's fair. That's a, that, that's a fair thing to say. Let me quickly respond to that. Um, so yeah, there is no, um, I'm an innocent little Muslim trying to ask you and trying to drag you and corner you and put you and beat you with your own verses. I'll just show you straight up what it is. I don't believe Jesus is God, obviously, right? And I don't believe the Bible teaches Jesus is God, nor do I believe Jesus claimed to be God. I'm sure you've probably heard these things before. And my question, my direct question is this. Um, since it is ambiguous that Jesus is God, and whatever you say is merely your own explanation and development of Christian you know, historicity later on, how, how important is it to believe that Jesus is God? If someone just believes Jesus, is a prophet, a messenger, a representative of God, are they doomed to hell for not having a clear verse saying that Jesus Christ is God? There are dozens of clear verses. And yes, you're doomed to hell if you do not believe Jesus is the one true almighty God. You will go to hell. And, and here is the thing. John eight fifty eight. I mean, again, these are not our opinion, okay? This is what the actual text says he says before abraham was i am he was using the ego of me in that sentence he was using the idea of yahweh yahweh is literally a transliteration of i am okay he's literally calling himself yahweh no no it's not oh oh okay would you like to educate yeah. me on our book sure go ahead okay let me ask you this chris do you, do you know any Hebrew or Greek? I am not fluent in Hebrew or Greek. Are you? Do you know any Hebrew? So if I give do you, you know Hebrew or Greek? Yeah, yes. You okay. do? Let's, let's, yeah, we can do it together right now. So Nate can post So wait, 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 wait. I want to get this straight. No, on, so you, you're an MD. I get that. I'm, I'm so not done you, speaking, bro. Relax. Chris, relax, bro. I'm not done no, speaking. No, no, I'm, I'm totally relaxed. I want you to read to me. Can you just wait I want you to read to me out loud Leviticus Bro, eighteen one in Chris? Hebrew. Chris, you said you I'm speak Hebrew. Speaking. Please read to me Leviticus Chris, Chris, eighteen one in Hebrew. I'm not going anywhere. I promise you. I'm not going anywhere. Just relax. You sound intimidated, bro, and I'm not here to do that. Just relax, bro. Look, the reason why I ask you that, I don't want Nate or anybody to post anything, so I don't think I'm reading interlinear, and test both of our abilities whether we're able to read Greek and Hebrew. I'm here, I'm not going anywhere. This the is irrelevant. That question, Chris, the reason I ask you that question is because you're telling me a wrong information about Yahweh means literally ego amy. That's wrong. Ego, first no, of all, ego that's not what I said. Ego amy is the Greek rendering of, of Yahweh. It, of Yahweh no, in, in the it's Old not. Testament, in the Septuagint, if you look, okay? That now, if you look at Exodus 3, 4, it does not use the ego and me. No, I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna now, you, if you would look at other renderings, and if you did know, know Hebrew and Greek, you would understand what I am saying is correct. No, it's not. So let's okay. test it right now. So first, yeah, uh, Yahweh is not Chris. Chris, relax. It's a conversation. At any moment, you feel uh, whatever, uncomfortable. Oh, okay, Anselm. Hang yeah, on, Anselm. I'm sorry. I, I, I think Chris, with all due respect. Oh, my goodness, Anselm. You're telling the other guy to calm down when you're like, come down, come, bro, 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 come down, come down. Come. I, I, if you, I, I mean, I don't want to give medical advice, but if you can prescribe yourself some something to just calm, calm down, um, the one who is wanting others to calm down is himself not calm.
it's very difficult to listen to this and it's causing me pain. Whether or not you read or speak fluent Hebrew or Greek, that's irrelevant other than, you know, whether you're being true, true or false. That doesn't matter. Like we've had plenty of plenty of Greek speakers who come in here and are like, as a fluent Greek speaker, I can't believe people don't get the idea that Jesus is God and the Trinity. Like it's so clear if, and you know, these are like not people who are like, oh, I grew up in, you know, South America and I learned Greek. These are like native Greek speakers from Greece. So, I mean, we can like out linguistic and one up each other over and over. But I mean, by the way, Chris, turns out, um, you know, I mean, I don't want to say you can judge a book by its cover, but I mean, a lot of times you kind of can. Like, turns out our deep sighs were well-placed. Um, what we thought was going to happen is exactly what happens. It's like, I just have some questions and, oh, I know your book better than you do. And you're totally wrong. And, you know, your God is a lie or whatever. That is insufferable. You know, how do we, how do we fix this, Chris? So, you know, there is going to be, just in the rule of there has to be, someone who does innocently have questions and wants to know what Christians actually believe without telling them what we believe. Like if we tell you, you know, how, you know, your, your Islam is a lie because of all the Hadiths and all this other stuff. And they're like, no, no, that's not how I believe it. That's not how I believe it. We're like, no, no, we will tell you what you believe. Um, instead of that, how, how should we handle this, Chris? Because there's got to be some Muslim at some point that honest to God will be like, look, man, I'm a Muslim. You're a Christian. I just want to know what you believe and why you believe it. I wouldn't want to give that audible sigh to someone like that. How would we handle that? Is there a way? Are you thinking or praying? Sorry, it's a we've got family home this morning, so I'm dealing with some stuff right now. Anyway, Anselm, um, yeah, I, I think the conversation's not going to work. Everyone, yeah, well, by everyone, I mean you. And Anselm, the other thing is, too. I know who you are. Okay, like. So how do you know yeah. all these people? But you're like, I just I know too, who he is too... because he's dealt with a bunch of the Catholics before and okay. the other and the Muslim apologists. And so he just jumps up and he tries to dominate conversations and gaslight people and it's uh, but it's just he's... way too way too hyper. Like so for example, like you know, Revelation, I, I love Revelation because in John nine, like this would require someone to, you know, not cherry pick like why God's or something, but you know, in, in Revelation there's something interesting, right? So like Jesus is speaking in Revelation. And he outright says, I am God. And it says, I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning of the end. I will, and something else, it's redundant. Like I love the New Testament because it repeats itself over and over. So in John, it's like John, I think nine, somewhere in John, where Jesus is talking about the water of eternal life. Um, and he says, look, I will give this water and out of them will flow, flow springs of living water. Um, baptize it in here, is he? But he talks about this living water that he will freely give to anyone who wants it. And then in Revelation, I think it's around 21 somewhere, he's saying the same thing, except now it's, you know, when he's like, you know, completely like God mode. And, uh, you know, he's in, he's in like heaven and all this like, you know, sovereignty. Um, and he says, look, I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And he's like, I will give this living water. And he says the exact same thing that Jesus said in John. He says this in Revelation. Except now he says, I'll give living water to all who want it, and I'll freely give. They can freely have it. And he says, I will be their God, and they will be my people. So, I mean, there's there's just no disputing it. Like, the only way you can get around that is saying, like, well, the Bible's corrupt. Wonderful. So you believe the Bible, and you follow the Bible, except only the parts you believe have a problem with. Well, that's the corrupt part. So you follow the rest of it, 
but then it's corrupt when you disagree with it. So, I mean, the only way to try to like get away from it is that, but there's no way to get around. Jesus says, I am God. He says it like, and then he, he talks about the living water just the same as in John. So it's, it's indisputable. Um, you know, so you have to call the Bible lies or something like that, but you can't say it's not in the paper. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about the ego in John. We can talk about, you know, what that means, how the Jews understood it, et cetera, et cetera. We're, we're not scared of these questions. It's just somebody that immediately begins to gaslight and tells us that he knows Greek and Hebrew better than native Greek and Hebrew speakers. I mean, cool, man, I guess. Uh, brother, you have any thoughts on this? Or have you wisely gone back to bed? <laughs> hey, Jamesy, welcome. Happy Good Friday to you. Oh my goodness, Bob, what issue? What are you talking about? Like the issue of gaslighting? Yes, I don't do well with gaslighters. Does anybody do, you, do well with gaslighters? Do? I don't know. CEO, or have you been have you trained your brain to be able to withstand a gaslighter and just Yes. Really? You just Yes, you just take you just, you know, take a non-audible sigh and you're just like, "Oh, Okay, is that what you think? Okay, I respectfully disagree. Go your own way. Peace with you. Goodbye. And then you just help them leave. I think there should be a rule that there's no Trinity blasphemy on Good Friday. I mean, wouldn't that be some level of decency? Well, wait, by people who blaspheme like daily? I don't think they'll adhere to that. No, I'm talking about the Bobs. I'm talking about Christians. The Christians. Should... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, if you said Christian, then you said Bob. Yeah. So <laughs> my original point stands. Those, I'm sorry, those uh, in the Christian adjacent, the Christian adjacent community should not blaspheme the Trinity on Good Friday. Is that specific enough? <laughs> uh, well, on one hand, sure. On the other hand, you know, Jesus, uh, you know, uh, asked his father, did you, did you hear that, Anselm? Asked his father, who he is one with, to forgive the people as they were murdering him. Uh, so, you know, do with that what you will, Bob. It would be nice to, I don't know, maybe dial in for a bit. So how's your Good Friday going, CEO? It's going fantastic. Thank you for asking. All right, nothing holy. Hey, Chris, uh, ChatGPT is awesome. I, I am fully like pledging my allegiance until it starts taking over humanity. At that point, hopefully, it knows it's always I was always on its side. So yesterday, like I've been having trouble with my Linux system forever. Like there was a couple files that would not update and would not install right, and it was just stuck. So so these things haven't been updated in like months and months. Um, anyway, so I thought yesterday I'm like, ha, huh, you know what? They say ChatGPT is like good at coding and stuff like that. So I just copied what it was, copied the error. It's like, oh, here's your specific problem. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And it it knew what I was using. It knew the system I was using. And it, it spit out the code. It's like, you need to enter this and that will fix that. And then you need to do this. It's like, here, you can just copy and paste this. I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you. So what, it, command, it fixed it by a command line? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, it just knew the, I mean, it just knew the right, 
sequence of of command uh, of yeah command lines to do where I did not. So I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, someone I saw, like, uh, I'm sure, like you know, a, a intermediate Linux user probably would have been able to do that, no problem. But I'm not that. Um, I, I yeah. So yeah, what CEO? Chat GPT, the R two D two of a AI. <laughs> well, I know you may not feel no, super I, welcoming. I, I, <laughs> I hope you're rebutting. Well, I know you may not feel super welcome anyone in the audience, given uh, <laughs> the last dude, but if anyone has an actual question they would like to ask and not parlay it into a preaching seminar, uh, feel free to jump up here. Hey, Nate, do you speak English? English? No, I, I don't even speak enough Spanish to say I don't speak English. <laughs> uh, yes, I speak English. Why? It was funny. I took a buddy of mine out to tacos yesterday, and he was, like, super impressed that I was, like, talking to the lady in Spanish, and I'm like, but I don't speak any Spanish. And he's like, what do you mean? You just did? I was like, no, I think you understand. I'm like a trained seal. I can <laughs> I can say my taco order and my drink order in Spanish. And he's like, yeah, she got it right away. And I was like, if she asks me any questions, I'm in huge trouble. And he just started laughing. What was your uh, taco order? Can you repeat it to us? Uh, sure. Um, hola. <laughs> cuatro taco y polo. Uh, and uh, y uno chorizo. See, it's really bad. It's like not even good. <laughs> Hold on a second. So four four chicken tacos and a churro? Chorizo taco. I know you're Chorizo's in Northern spicy California, meat, right? so probably, you've probably never actually encountered an actual taco CEO. But um, <laughs> so um, uh, tacos generally are like a corn tortilla, some type of meat, onions, cilantro. That, that's what a taco is. Um, uh, I'm vaguely familiar. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're Joe Biden, if you're Joe Biden, um, then Mexicans are tacos. Well, yeah. Or Jill Biden, I guess. Right. Was that's it? why I said Joe Biden. Oh, I thought you said Joe the Biden. Wife. The wife. No, no. Yeah, the wife. yeah, yeah. Because she the was talking about how, Mexican, how different um, how different Hispanics are different breakfast tacos. It was amazing. It was like the most racist thing that I've seen in modern politics. And it was like, how is she getting away with this? Dude, she just made another gaffe. Did you hear that one? Uh, Sorry, uh, Jesus. We're trying to talk about Good Friday. No, it was, um, you know how like the winners of like sports uh, tournaments and stuff like get invited to the White Oh, House God, don't talk about Well, she was, uh, she was um, being interview uh, interviewed like if she was excited to have them over. You know, like the the woman's college, whatever it was, team that won something. Um, and one one of the teams, the teams that won, was like all black or mostly black uh, women. And the team that lost was like all or mostly white, uh, mostly white women. And so they they took that as a racial thing because 
I mean, it was just boneheaded. But she said, um, they're like, how do you look forward to having, you know, the winners over? And she's like, well, you know, I, I'm excited about that, but I, I want to be inclusive. So I think I think we should have the winners and losers over, too, to be inclusive, which was just stupid because then it takes competitive the competitiveness of it out. So, like, you know, the, the losing white team was like, well, usually it's the winner that goes there, so we don't want to step on their turf. You know, they won. It's their, it's their right. And then the black winning team was like, um, you know, like all but calling her racist without calling her racist because they were saying that's why she did it because she, <laughs> she didn't want a black team. She just wanted a white team to be there. Anyway, I don't have a dog in this fight. It was just fun to watch. Yep. People going to say dumb things. I say dumb things all the time. So I identify <laughs> as someone who says dumb things all the time. Trans smart. I'm trans smart. That's right. Trans, trans I'm trans. I'm trans. I'm a trans philosopher. I'm somebody who doesn't know anything about philosophy that identifies as somebody who knows about philosophy. That's like the people we've talked to this whole week. That's like how Anselm speaks um, trans uh, Hebrew and trans Greek. And you'll notice, you'll <laughs> notice he didn't want to read any random verse. I could just pick up like, you know, it was funny. You speak Hebrew. Cool. Bust us out with uh, Leviticus 18 one. Cause I know if I asked <laughs> Rabbi Uri, he'd be like, all right. You know, I don't know. It, it, I mean, I guess Rabbi Uri is all we have in way of rabbis here. We can ask stuff to, but I mean, you know, I mean, unless it's just a purely like scholarly point, which sometimes I don't know. Like I, I wonder because you know his his view on things. I mean, he says it's like you know, what is it? His title? It's like conservative, a conservative Jew. But I mean, that's. Yeah. I mean, the only thing he's conservative compared to is like the extreme liberal. Like I mean, <laughs> you know, compared to like compared to like my um, you know my my friend that used to hang out with us uh, on Google Plus days. You know, he was like a Orthodox rabbi, and you know, it was very very conservative and more like just kind of in line with my my existence like you know the way you view the world and religion so like i i really i don't know i, I kind of hedge a lot when i hear him explain things like i try to take it with lots of grains of salt um because i know we we have really big differences uh, not just the jesus thing but i don't know we, we need to get like an orthodox rabbi to ask questions to again i miss that Oh, hey, Albini, welcome. Hi, hi, happy Good Friday. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say, isn't it like Jesus was speaking biblically every time he spoke? Isn't it in, a, in the New Testament, he says, uh, my sheep hear my voice and uh, I'll, I'll lead them to eternal life. And then in the Old Testament, uh, don't, don't shoot me for verses. Uh, in the Old Testament, uh, God is the one who's going to come and gather his own sheep. So he's making a connection. I'm, I'm the God of the Old Testament as well. So that's another two verses. Ah, oh, thank you for that. I think a lot of times, you know, people are going to hear what they want to hear. Oh, go ahead, Chris. I was just going to say, I think, I think Albanian has dealt with that Anselm guy before. Pretty sure he has. It, He's on the phone right now. But is it Anselm or Absalom? It was like David no Anselm. Anselm is a famous philosopher from England that was in. So it was, in, okay, so it was Absalom. Is that right? David's punk kid that got strangled by his yes. hair. Yes. Was that Absalom? Yeah. Well, he got 
he got caught by his hair, and then Joab um, went and ran a spear through him. Was that because he wanted to overthrow David or because he did something not nice to his sister? He already did overthrow David. David had to flee, remember? I so, mean, like, Absalom was, what was king in Jerusalem. Was was the murder because of the sister thing or the overthrowing thing or just all of it? Was right, the one so that, like, Absalom was pursuing David, right? And he got caught um, by a... He, he basically was going after David. He got caught into the tree. Joab saw this and then ran a spear through him to kill him. That's where it, right. what it reads in the scripture. That's not this. Is that the same son that hooked up with the sister too? Is what I'm asking. No. So, so the guy that hooked up with his sister, that guy Absalom wanted to kill, and David oh, wouldn't okay. let him. And then, and then Absalom went on the roof of the palace, and he uh, slept with all of David's concubines, I believe. It may have been why it was. He just performed like horrendous things. It's quite an undertaking. Oh, hey, Albanian, you're off the the phone. You've dealt with that Anselm guy before, right? The Muslim guy. <clears throat> the, they keep changing names. I I don't remember him much, but I, okay. I've heard him with other brothers. Yeah, and because uh, he claims to speak like Greek and Hebrew, but he doesn't really. And then he like starts throwing things out, and he's just reading from Muslim pages, right? Hey, Chris, yeah, calm, down, well, calm down, calm down, Chris, 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 calm down, calm down, Chris, 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 calm down, calm down, Chris. He should he should stick with the Bible. If he says that the Bible doesn't say. Jesus claiming to be God, then stick stick with the Bible. We change in the conversation, you know. Calm down, Brandon. Hey. Calm down, Brandon. Calm down. <laughs> calm down, Brandon. Brandon, calm down. You're getting Brandon, upset, calm Brandon. Down, Brandon. Calm down, Brandon. Calm down. Why are you so upset? Yeah. Ah! Like the guy's, the guy's, the guy's <laughs> getting himself. He's he's rattling himself up into like a frenzy while he's telling everyone else to calm down. I'm like, this is. I mean, you know. What's up, Brandon? Happy Good Friday. Do we say Happy Good Friday? Is it Happy Good Friday? No, I guess it has to kind of be happy. Not. Well, I mean, it it would be sad, but I mean, the end, it, it could be happy now because we know the end result. So if the end result was not happy, then we'd all be sad. But since the end result is very good, that's why we have hope, which I guess is why it would be fine to say Happy Good Friday. I think we just say Good Friday, brother. Good Friday. Well, yeah, I, I read the I read the uh, I read the end of the story. It turns out pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Ah, thank you, Vic, Victoria. Thank you. Yeah, too. Amen. I, I, I read the book. The, the guy, the guy who's uh, crucified, he ends up winning in the end. So, are you working today, or are you off work? At work. <laughs> ah. Counting. Do you know? Do you know who killed Muhammad? The devil. No, no, it was a lamb. It was a lamb who killed Muhammad and who gave it to him, a Jewish woman. Wow, that's weird. You see the connection? Like Revelation twelve. Some. That's weird. Wait, what? What did I miss? I don't know. I missed it too. 
something about so it was it was was like something about Muslims and Noor. I I was asking, uh, do you know who killed Muhammad? And uh, uh, because it's it says uh, he ate from the lamb, the lamb meat, and uh, and then who gave it to him? It was a Jewish woman. So the Jewish and the lamb, the Jewish woman and the lamb, you know. And it's got connection with the Lamb of God. And yeah, because he lied and in his own Quran prophesied, if if you uh, make fake prophecies in my name or if you speak falsely, I will cut off your aorta. And that's what happened to Muhammad. His only single prophecy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he didn't seem to be a very nice guy. My children know I don't want them to speak because they're off on Good Friday, like while I'm doing this thing. So instead, they write notes with paper, which is just allowed, just as loud with them crumpling it. Let's see. Does your calling thing stop at 10 or 11? It will stop when I want it to stop. Like 1030. Yeah, so be be <laughs> quiet for like an hour. How old is this child that asked this? <laughs> uh, this one is eight. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Are we just being reverently silent? Do we need to invite Anselm back? I believe we will be going to church tonight. They're in like seven services because I guess it's really crowded. So we're going to go tonight. Welcome, Kush. Hey, good morning, bro. brother Nate, Chris, brother Albanian, Elder Brandon. How are you guys doing? Good, good. How about yourself? Feeling good this 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 morning because um, you know prior to uh, yesterday, you know uh, the wife and I was on you know very uh, on a very troublesome path like we were headed you know towards divorce you know I don't know if anybody <laughs> knows any how that feels but you know we went to counseling yesterday and it was very fruitful uh, we actually wrote down um, some of our issues and counselor had us you know read them and explain uh had us explain how it made us feel then we um we burned a piece of paper and made a vow not to hurt each other like that again so i am very thankful to god for changing my heart and changing hers and us getting on the not getting on the right path. I'm very glad to hear that. That's that's good. I know that can be very stressful. Just glad to hear that. Thank you, Elder Brandon. It means a lot to me. Yes, congratulations. Uh, thank you, Brother um, Nate. On another note, I was reading through Proverbs still, <laughs> and um, 
I, I guess the part where it's, you know, talks about like nagging wife and how it's better to like live on a roof on a corner than to live with a nagging woman. And um, so these are the things we, we chuckle out inside, but turns out never bring that up to your wife. Just, just saying. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't we'll, we'll all be back in counseling. Yeah. And, I, and, and that's, that's what I learned myself is not to weaponize scripture. <laughs> don't, don't do it. But it's totally no, true. No, what you're, what you're, it is, brother. It Love is. you, honey. But you, you, you. Better, you better keep that particular scripture to yourself. A word to the wise. It's just a word to the wise. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I came up, um, I wanted to ask because now I've been trying to fully understand uh, the Unitarian posi position as far as in regards to uh, Jesus Christ. And for me, um, if anybody's familiar, you can just chime in. It's, it's, to me, I'm getting, the, I'm getting that they believe that Jesus was a created being and he's just a man. Am I correct in that? Um, I mean, you know what? Yeah, I mean, I, we can't speak, I don't think, for every Unitarian, but yeah. Is Bob still down there? He'll speak for every Unitarian. But yeah, they're like a they're like a what quasi Muslim? Like they wouldn't say that, but I mean, they believe Jesus was just a guy. Wait, I mean, do they have a less view of Jesus than? Yeah, Brandon, do you know? I'm actually curious now. Do they have a less view of Jesus than Muslims do? Like, at least Muslims hold him in high regard. Like, do Unitarians still need him for salvation, or yes, really not at they, all? Yeah, they would still upon that uh, that he is the Lamb. Uh, that salvation is only through him. So I would say their view is higher, the highest you can have a man without being divine. But because I'm wondering, how could they read scripture? In... Well, I guess I'm wrong. I mean, when I'm looking at the plain reading of scripture, I know we, some of us come to different understandings of the very same scriptures that we read, right? But I'm still trying to figure out, like, how could we worship a glorified man i'm i'm having the biggest problems with that i mean even trying to understand understand that because i know i can argue against it with you know with with scripture you know you know in revelations where uh, everyone is like uh bowing to him and you know uh, you know god the father sharing his glory with um with with a being that he created <laughs> with a being that he created doesn't make any sense to me I mean that's pretty much the uh, the crux of it, you know. What I mean, I, I say if they're reading scripture, they have to believe that, you know, they're coming to worship a man that has been created. You know, it's like not really his, like like God the Father created his his own son. Do they believe that that Jesus is his literal son or? If he created him, there is no eternal sonship. I'm, I'm trying. I'm really trying to under, understand understand this, you know. Oh, hey, shout out to Xbox real fast. What's up, man? Long time no see. You good? Uh, go ahead, Brendan. If you wanted to go ahead, Brendan. Oh, um... I think the question was, 
do they? Um, yeah, most of them would hold an eternal sonship viewpoint uh, from my conversation. That they would see worship to the Lamb as like a proxy kind of worship, not like direct worship. Yeah, uh, sorry. Well, yeah, the problem is they create, uh, they accuse us for creating gods, but they create on themselves because, like uh, Jerry uh, Hayes, we spoke with, he, he says, Oh, Jesus came to cleanse up for our sins and in his name, but if he's a created being, how is he going to cleanse from your sins? That's a shirk, as Muslims say. And John 1 1 says, uh, well, John from John 1 starts and it says, uh, nothing was created apart from uh, through him. So if, if nothing was created uh, uh, apart from him, so he's the reason for creation. Did, it, did he create himself? Because, you know, everything came to be by him, not by the Father, but by Jesus. So uh, uh, when it says, so he, he couldn't create himself, he was there already. So they make that blunder saying that, uh, oh, uh, he was the first of creation. They take that first of creation verse uh, as, as for their own, own core belief. Uh, and yeah, so the, they make two gods. Would you say Elder Brandon? I'm sorry. You're speaking low, but Elder Brandon, you're not really, I'm not, I can't really make out There's what you're guys saying. trying to ask Brandon questions during tax season. This is the worst <laughs> possible time for him to try to answer questions. Let me just give a stab, Brandon. Jerry Hayes does not believe that Jesus was a created being. He's not an Aryan. Jerry Hayes believes that he's a modalist that believes that Jesus is the father. So it's a, it's a distinction and a, definitely a difference. So Jerry Hayes would take the divinity of Christ, although he would say that he is the father. That's the difference. So like he's not a classic Unitarian that would say that Jesus is a man that is invested with the authority of God. It's a difference. Well, well, um, or brother Miller, okay, then help me understand this because, um, are we, are we saying, it, uh, I know I came here talking about the Unitarian position, but, but people mentioned, uh, Bishop, you know, Bishop Hayes, but I'm saying what I, I guess I want to understand and Brandon, maybe you can, you can address this. So are we saying that, okay. Uh, cause I know so that you, at least I'm, I'm trying to understand that the oneness position that I understand the modes and saying that um, God the Father is Jesus incarnate, right? So you know the the, the divine that's the divine side of um, of Jesus. And when we talk about dialectism, yeah, dialectism and the hypostatic union. Um, I think there's a difference how the uh, how I hate to say um, how uh, Trinitarians view it versus how oneness view the hypostatic you know hypostatic union because we believe in the uh, the person of Jesus um, the second person of the of the Godhead incarnating right when oneness believes that it's God the Father incarnating into Jesus so my question is. Um, when Jesus is praying, like to the Father, um, is there two distinct wills there? Because I, I, I used to hear Bible machines say it's it's his human side um, that's appealing to the divine side, but the divine side that's also in him 
um, this human scene, this human side seems to be, um, I hate to say like overpowering the divine side and the, or the divine mind where he's, um, where, where the divine side is not, is not even counseling the human side to, to let them know that it's talking to itself. It's just, it's just a little bit confusing to me, brother, uh, Elder Brandon, if you can just set, set some light on that, cause I, I can try to understand it a little better. Well, I, I, as I'm talking, I can maybe a little bit talk a little bit as I'm going. Uh, but I say I have nothing against Bob Bushing, but he's probably not the, I wouldn't agree with his Christology in a lot of ways. So I don't think he'd probably be the best, in my opinion, probably to get a oneness Christology from. He's more of an Apollinarian in, in a lot of ways, uh, just my viewpoint. But um, the hypothetical union for us is the same as you. The only difference is, is which hypostasis was incarnate, which will be in our instance the Father. Uh, but operationally, it's the same thing. Just a matter of which hypostasis were. We would hold idolatism like you. Uh, each nature, truly God, truly man, having a true will. So when we talk about um, God the Father, because I think... Um, when you said just just like me, I think there's a fundamental difference when you from the Trinitarian uh viewpoint of the hypostatic union and in yourself because it's because it wouldn't be just like the Trinitarian position because we believe it's God the I mean uh God the Son that in, that it has been incarnated and you believe uh, or the oneness position is. It's God the Father who has been incarnated. Those those are two complete distinct point of views about the hypostatic union. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so so that's 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 what I'm saying. So I, I don't think it's it's just like just like me, uh, Elder Brandon. I don't know if it's too early to be in this type of disagreement, but you know I'm doing trying to do it respectfully. But um, no, you're fine. No, I said it's it's just like it's just like a Trinitarian model, except. Which hypostasis was incarnate? Um, it was for you as God the Son, for us as God the Father. That's the only difference, operationally speaking. Yeah, I yeah so I understand that. So <clears throat> I guess the um, the issue becomes so in the Trinitarian position, when we believe that it's God the Son incarnated, right? It makes more sense to us looking at the the plain reading of scripture that the 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 incarnated son is talking to his father but when we take the oneness position you know what i mean it's it's the incarnate father talking to the father and there's supposed to be a distinction when the only distinction it seems like that he adapted a human nature, dialectism, right, uh, or the hypostatic union. What we're talking about—that's the distinction um, of the Father being incarnated versus his his glorified self in his totality, right? So, um, but I, I, at the end of the day, it still seems, and it seems still seems apparent that the the Father is still talking to himself and how does the human nature of him 
override the divine side of him when a divine mind where he, where he doesn't know i mean i'm not saying he doesn't know but it seems like the how does the human side talk to the father when the father is in him i'm trying to i'm trying to understand that well i wouldn't say the human side overrides uh again i wouldn't use bible machines articulation of it i think you may get in some trouble there but uh in our view dipolitism uh would definitely explain that or as it relates to the human mind uh or as human consciousness we believe we can interact with the father which is divine in every way that a human can so from our viewpoint that's how the prayer which is divine, just speaking politely so when when he said um like god is in us right we wouldn't say that's a part of the hypostatic union right like like that's an example of the hypostatic union at all we're not saying that um when 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 adam when god created adam and he breathed into adam and he became he became he became alive and stuff we wouldn't say at least I don't, the Trinitarians, we don't believe that the, that's the de facto example of the hypostatic union, you know? So, no, but that wouldn't be an example of it, no. Right. So, but how will we distinguish it? Because if, if we're saying that, I mean, between the oneness position, for the oneness position versus what's been happening with, you know, with Adam and for mankind that God breathed in there, I mean, uh, into him, putting the divine side in us i mean i mean so how are we how are we um different in in that regard well you can exist without the spirit of god there is no jesus without him being god it'd be through, through the virgin birth and all that right I'm not sure if I understand your question. I had a thought of the other day about the hypostatic union and the communicado idiomatum from whenever I was a child. I don't know if, uh, you know, technology was different back in the day whenever I went to school than it is now. You probably do everything on a computer do the same thing but back then they had like uh, overhead projectors y'all know what that is it's like uh they brought it in and set it on a desk and there was a little pole on the top of it with a lens that uh aimed at the top of the projector and then also you know broadcast it the image onto the wall and they used the cellophane cellophane slides and uh so long story short say for instance whenever we had class, they would put a slide on there and it would be like the circulatory system projected on the wall. And then they put another slide on top of that. And then they would project, for instance, like the nervous system of the human body. And, you know, the more slides they put on, the more systems were projected on the wall. So, you know, I was thinking about that one day and that, uh, you know, the Chalcedonian Creed says that Jesus is unmixed but inseparable and uh this boggles the mind and stuff in the communicado idiomatum says you know the properties of both are shared with each other 
And so I got to thinking about this overhead projector, you know, the slide would be like the body of the human and the two slides, one would be the human and one would be the deity on top of the projector. But, uh, you know, the images, the properties of uh, both slides would be projected onto the wall. And this would be like the person of Jesus Christ. So uh, basically uh, you ask the question like, well, uh, which one of these is Jesus, the two slides on the projector or the one image on the wall? And I would say the answer is yes. You know, according to the communica, uh, I mean, the Chalcedonian Creed, because it says, you know, uh, they are unmixed. And, you know, the two slides are unmixed on the projector, but they're inseparable. Uh, the two slides are inseparable on the wall because uh, they're, the properties are both communicated onto the wall. Now, I know all examples kind of fall short, but to me, you know, this made a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, if we have a hard time understanding how Jesus, the son of Mary, can be God, that doesn't mean that, you know, it can't happen or it can't be true. You know, and uh, even if you think you have a good idea of how it happens, you know, you still probably fall short of uh, really understanding it. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, uh, uh, Brother Miller. That um, yes, it's it's true that if you're referencing the tri in the Trinity, or I, I think a lot of analogies fall short, right? You know, I used to hear how people wanted to explain um, the the Godhead or God God alone or the the personages of of God that people used to use you know the analogy of a uh, or water you know what i mean ice you know what i mean you know you know you know water and uh and mist and stuff but i said that is that is classic that's a classic form of the modalist um point of view their position and stuff that i was like that doesn't accurately describe at all you know what i mean a trinitarian point of view you know what i mean and i think <clears throat> You know, when the Bible says, you know, we believe in Jesus, we have to believe who he is, right? You know, if we don't believe who he is, then obviously there is some consequences to that. So it's like, who is Jesus? And if he's a son, you can't, you can't really, you can't, you can't say son is just a title or a mode, you know what I mean? I mean, as far as what I'm reading, you know, I'm still learning myself. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and I, I, I'm willing and open to be corrected. But as far as it stands, it seems like there is a son and there's an eternal sonship. And if you take the modalistic point of view or the Unitarian point of view, that <clears throat> that sonship has a beginning. And it doesn't it doesn't start from the eternity past it starts when the body has been materialized you know what i mean and that to me i was like it kind of undermines the 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 power of scripture or, or what is explicitly stated from for the layman's layman's man you know so so but, but what i would believe what i want to read like people that are that are farmers or uh, uh or shepherds and stuff and 
and they're not these um, uh, uh, great theologians that we have today and how, and how they interpret scripture. When I'm talking about the plain reading. It literally looks like the son has existed from eternity past and had a relationship with we would say with God the Father. You know what I mean? And it's not, and it's kind of hard with just using my plain logic, my my basic logic. And some, and God wants to, He wants to speak to everyone, even even the people who are not well learned and, and still make a difference in their life without a theologian being able to come in there and tell them how to interpret scripture. The plain reading of the scripture really sounds like there's a distinct relationship and the distinct um, persons between God the Father and God the Son. So I'm saying- other but, persons. I wanna well, check back in with Xbox again. Because he's been up here a long time. Are you speaking now, Xbox? Yeah, man. Hey, what's going on? How you been? Good, good. I had a jaw surgery about three months ago, so I've been healing from it. Oh, well, hoping for your speedy recovery. Yeah, yeah. Finally recovered, so I'm able to talk now. Ah, anything on your mind today, or are you just stopping by to say hi? Yeah, just stopping by to say hi, and glad to see you're still around, and and having your conversation. Well, yeah, feel free to join us whenever you like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you usually have them in the morning like this? Uh, yeah. Perfect. Yep, Perfect. usually around this time on weekdays. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow's weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I but, appreciate you bringing me up. Yeah, I'll definitely stop by some more. That sounds good. Uh, Brennan, were you about to say something? I thought I saw you on mute for a second. Oh, now he's got a call. Uh, Sean, I invited you. Are you up here? I know I hit the button. There you are. What's up, Sean? Happy Good Friday. Hey, happy Good Friday. How are you? I'm preparing to go to a Good Friday service. Am I? Or you are? Huh? No, this morning. You are, or are you asking if I am? No, I said I'm preparing to go. Ah, all right, got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, brother. Um, but as we, I think, as we focus on the day and what this day truly means, because this is where salvation starts at the crucifixion. Because he says, "I lay my life down, and I'm able to take it up again." Only God can say that. <laughs> Only God can say that. And as I hear a, a bunch of different doctrinal perspectives, the best thing I will say is, can we today just remember what this day means? Because all the in, the bickering and the infighting, Paul said that there should be no schism in the body, especially about this day. This is our most, one of the most solemn days on the Christian calendar. And one of the most solemn days in history. Why Lord Jesus was whipped until he didn't look like a man. And then 
with the help of a Libyan, took the cross. I guess you got a call, but I agree with that. Sounds good. Is Brandon still on a call? Yeah, he is. Wow. Yeah, um, Apostle, Apostle <laughs> definitely, uh, he definitely take a call. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to um, be the outlier about wherever where the spirit is moving. I, I don't. I understand um, with with Brother Apostle is is suggesting we should focus on, but I mean, <clears throat> obviously, it depends on the perspective of who's in the room. If you're if you're if you're a Unitarian, um, this day a created a created man, you know, what I mean, not not a created son, you know. Um, well, there's no put... Unitarians in here, so we. Can oh, okay, I didn't know. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, so the one is one is position. It's there isn't. But I, I think we've went back and forth as much as we can on that. Like I'm, I'm, I'm over that. <laughs> I, I was right with Apostle. Like you know, I'll, I'll leave the oneness alone today. Um, and who, who knows? Maybe the the gospel will change hearts and minds. But mm -hmm. um, and then and then Apostle got a phone call. So <laughs> hey, everyone, welcome. Well, I'm not. I'm not really in a position to talk anyway. But um, you know, I think it's uh. I think it's more. I think you may be refuting more of things that you probably would believe. Uh, Edwin. Hey, Nate. I got a. How's your day going? Yes. A little rough. A little rough, but I'm thankful. Question. Uh... I heard question. What's that? I heard question. Oh, you... you said I got a question. Oh, no, no. You, you asked me oh. how my day was going. I said it, it was been a little rough. Um, yeah, right before I said that, I thought you said, uh, never mind. How are you, Edwin? What's up? <laughs> Anything on your mind? <laughs> yeah, there was a, um, a, a, a question that came up in a, uh, another room about, does God have uh, like one mind? I don't know if you've discussed this already today. Uh, one mind or, or three? Like in my, my opinion, I, again, I say it correctly, I believe that there are in, in the Godhead, in the Trinity, there are, there are three minds, but they're unified. But I was curious what you, you think about that. Do you think there's just one mind? Do they share the same mind? Do you have any thoughts? Do you care? Just wondering. I mean, I think they are. I mean, they are their own person. Uh, but yeah, unified. However, however you'd say that. I don't know if we're qualified to dissect the mind of God. But generally speaking, it sounds like we. Well, I actually forgot what you just said. But I mean, they're different persons. So I think they have their own. Like, you know, Jesus had his own, you know, he had his own will that he chose to submit and line up with the father. So I think that would say that, you know, they have, they have their own person, own, own personas, own thoughts. Um, but yes, they're all unified. Okay. Yeah. I, my thought was that they, there would have to be three different minds because, you know, as you alluded to, uh, I think in Christ submitted to the will of the father. So that in, a will presupposes a mind in my mind. Uh, so, and there's community, there's fellowship in the Godhead. I think that implies different minds, but it's, I know it's a, it's a complicated issue. It's hard to explain an omnipotent, uh, eternal being, but 
this is what I did ask you. That's it. Thank, thank you, Nate. I appreciate it. Yeah, I think, I mean, when we, yeah, I, I would equate will with mind, like, you know, will with own faculties. So when it talks about, you know, Jesus submitted to the will of the Father, I mean, it, it pretty much says, um, if you have that understanding, there's multiple wills. But um, anyways, not that we're dissecting God. Uh, let's see, where were we? Anyone else? Feel free to jump up or ignore the invite. Whatever you want. Steph, I'm respecting your reclusiveness down there. So you just be your beautiful little flower in chat. Um, fly, butterfly. Um, Albanian, <laughs> anything else? Or brother? Yeah, I, I never heard about mind. I heard about will, which they share uh, one will. Uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit share one will. Uh, that I, I, I heard about when Jesus came on flesh and he go, calls his father, Father and God also, because in Old Testament, uh, uh, God is uh, uh, the God of all flesh. So when Jesus came into flesh and he's still on the flesh, I mean, in the flesh, in heaven as well. So uh, God, he remains his father and he still, he remains his God because uh, God the Father is a God of all the flesh. Do you know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, so when uh, Jesus says, said when he was on earth, when he said, uh, not my will, but yours be done. So uh, not my human will. Uh, somebody takes it like that, but it's uh, even there is a problem between even Orthodox and Catholics on that way. Uh, does Father have one will or two will, one nature? I mean, no, God, not, not just a Father. Uh, one nature, two nature. So this has been uh, debated for 2,000 years. So <laughs> still has been debated. And uh, yeah, only God knows. Yeah, the, uh, does God have one mind or two minds? And thing is a, a great debate. I think my, my overhead projection analogy is a good one for this. You know, it's like the two slides on the projector, like uh, the two minds, but the image cast on the wall would be one mind in one person. And uh, when Jesus said, you know, not my will be done, but your will be done, you know, that's probably the closest he ever came to having one of the slides on the projector almost being lifted off of the projector, you know, the closest he ever came to sin. But, you know, it's, it's interesting thought. Yeah, but that, that's why you don't hear much about mind. You hear about will in, in there, but we cannot jump and say mind because mind in a human term is different. I mean, I don't know how to prescribe it even in a, in a God's term, mind. Uh, that, does the Bible mention, uh, uh, Brother Nate, mind? Like he's on mind or something? He just, it, I think he's on the wills. I don't, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember, but yeah. I don't think that, I don't think the term mind is ever used. Um, exactly. Well, no, because it I, talks about God changes mind. Um, I, that's not Nate, what we're talking about. I was just thinking of the word mind. Yeah, I think there is, uh, Nate, can I interject? I, I, I yeah. just did. <laughs> Sorry. In <laughs> um, Romans 8, uh, when it talks about us praying of the spirit um, intercedes for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. 
And it talks about him knowing the mind. Now, this is what it is in the King James. I don't know what it is in the Greek. He, the spirit knows the mind of God. Now, in the context, I believe it's referring to God the Father. It's not denying that the spirit is God. It's just, I believe it means that he, the spirit knows the mind of the Father. So the word is used there, I, I believe. I, I look it up in the uh, Greek, but just wanted to mention that one, that text. So. Yes. I don't. I just don't. Un okay, I say we'll, we'll leave it alone. So I won't, I won't say. It. But um, it is. It is an interesting thought when you when you look at the hypostatic union and stuff. Um, but we're not. Um, we we don't believe in two distinct two distinct wills in the same body stuff. You're not. Um, what is it? It was considered heretical, but anyways, I know we're trying to have a good, you know, a good spirit um, today and stuff. So I gotta try to try to um, you know try to leave it alone. But when we're when we're speaking about that, um, yeah, can the the human is, is there two is there the divine mind and the human mind of Jesus Christ and stuff? I don't think it's tenable to say to take that position because. Christ is just one person. I mean, as far as a Trinitarian position is concerned. I mean, depending where you're going with that, I don't know if that gets a little deep, but I mean, you know, fully God, fully man, is that just the flesh? Like, um, you know, because Proverbs, uh, Philippians 2, 6 talks about how, you know, he uh, didn't think equality, even though he was equal with God, the Father, didn't consider equality something we take advantage with, of, but instead he lowered himself to the form of a servant. So as you say, he still had the his deity mind, but he like imposed limits, or he had totally a human mind, or is it a different way of doing the same thing? Regardless, I think we're we're uh, out of our pay scale when we're trying to uh, you know dissect God at this level. I think I'll just say you know thanks Jesus for your death, burial, and resurrection. I'm good. Aviana, <laughs> uh, what's up? If I saw you raise your hand, I'm trying to invite you. Hey, what's up? Hey, how are you guys this morning? Or wherever good, you good. are in the world. <laughs> <laughs> good, how about yourself? Pretty good. Just doing some laundry, listening to you guys. Uh, talk some deep theology which is always fun and i, I agree it's definitely abo above the pay grade but it's nice to to think on these things my husband and i were just having um conversation like this last night and how did it go um pretty good i i definitely have some reading i definitely have some reading to do um i'm very i'm very interested as of late um to get more in depth um into the trinity uh and to see how how all of that you know how all of that is is played out um yeah it's mind-blowing well anyone else have a thought I may be, yeah, go ahead, Evan. Um, yeah, I, I looked up the uh, the Greek word for mind in that passage in Romans 8. Um, all it says is, what one has in the mind, the thoughts and purposes, 
let's see, inclination or purpose. I mean, that would tie into a will, right? Inclination, purpose. They kind of, I don't know, I would think the will arises from thoughts. I, I don't know. This is this is a tough one. I, 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 um, hmm. What do you think about that? Do you think? Well, a definition of terms are important. So, I mean, I, I feel kind of foolish trying to even even talk about this because can you just imagine like, you know, Jesus like face falling in heaven? Like you guys have no idea what you're talking about. And then like other theologians here could be like, I have 60 PhDs and I've dedicated 30 years of my life to this or Chris who's read just as many books. Um, so it's like, I mean, definition of terms though, right? Like mostly yeah. people will say like, you know, you have a, a mind, will and emotions and that's like the mm -hmm. central the central core of like consciousness or something like that. So you would, you would put mind and will like just right shoulder to shoulder with each other, like hand in glove. So I mean, you could almost, they, they would be maybe different, but you could interchange them. So, I mean, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. It makes sense. But biblically, there's hmm. there's not really a way to prove it that someone else couldn't, like, you know, prove something else using the exact same verses. So, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like the um, it's like the guy earlier today. I think it may have been general, actually. Um, but he was talking about we were talking about Adam and Eve and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, how the Bible, like whenever the law comes around and it talks about, you know, incest is bad, don't do that. And he was saying, well, because of that, even though it was pre law. Um, he views how Cain and Abel got their wives um, similar to how God made Adam. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, you know, the way it was explained, like, you know, if it still comes from Cain, like it still traces to the line of Adam. So there's still the fall of man. So, I mean, I, I guess it wouldn't be, a, you know, it would, it would be theologically soundish enough that if someone wants to think that, then that's fine. But that's quite a stretch away that you really have to kind of, you know, surmise and read into some things because the Bible certainly doesn't give any indication of that. So it's kind of like that. It's like when we start talking about mind and will and emotions of God, it's like, okay, well, you know, we can think this, it's not heretical. Like, you know, it is theologically sound enough, um, but there's no way to prove it. So it's like, okay, I, I would usually file things like that back in my brain. It's like, okay, interesting mm -hmm. thought. There's, there's no way to prove or deny. Um, and it doesn't matter for the gospel and salvation. So huh, interesting. Um, that's, that's kind of where I, yeah. <laughs> I got where you. I think we've got to I here. Mean, yeah, what, what I was thinking of is like, I can have thoughts. I say I, I have uh, information in my, in my mind about the word of God and what I ought to do in a certain situation. But then my will, I would yield. And I'm talking about myself as different than God. Then I yield to these good thoughts that are derived from the word of God. So I yield the will, conform my will to those thoughts. I act in response to the thoughts. Um, but yeah. I understand it's a tough one, and I, and I think Jesus enjoys. I think he is pleased when we're struggling to understand the Godhead you know, in a reverent way, as long as we're applying biblical principles. I, I think it's pleasing to God. I think it can be edifying. Well, it's like the from my mind. Anyway. Well, yeah, and um, I promise that's just filtered water. Somebody using the restroom on the on the stage. I was. I knew that was going to happen. I, I was trying to say. I, I, I promise this is just filtered water. I'm dumping. Anyways, um, it, it is filtered water. Um, no one's going to say that about the, the restroom. Anyways, it is filtered water. Um, but I lost my train of thought now. Anyways, uh, Apostle Sean is back. Uh, you got cut off earlier, Sean. Did you want to pick up where you left off? Because you're on a good track, and we're all with you. And then you got a phone call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, um, you know, what this day represents is, is what our faith stands on. Without the 
<clears throat> without without this day, wh where will we be right now? We'll be doomed for hell, every last one of us. And as I'm hearing, uh, we're talking about, uh, I, I hope it's to glorify Christ today, especially uh, today of all days, uh, that we are, we're learning what Christ wants for us today. And not necessarily our, our, our educational, theological, hermeneutical, philosophical ideas compared to, I heard someone say the plain reading of scripture. And that's something so important. Because Paul told Timothy to do exactly that. Give yourself to reading and study of the word until I come. It's time that we disciple one another and, and keep sharpening one another as iron sharpens iron. Because our countenance always needs sharpening. Yeah, but uh, today, no bickering, no arguing, just Jesus, just Jesus. Put it well, that you. sounds good to me. How come I hear um, a but? <laughs> no one said but. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, there's already been argument, but that was earlier. That was before you guys. <laughs> um, amen, amen. Oh, let's see. Hey, be honest, since I don't think we've met before, did you have any topic of interest or anything on your mind, or are you still just hanging out and listening? Um, kind of just hanging out and listening right now. I might chime in um, if a topic gets brought up. I'm um, I don't know if I'm willing to go into it right now because I'm folding laundry and trying to do stuff around the house. Um, I do have certain like topics on my heart, but that would be. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if people would consider that um, debating or discussing because I know most people on here are probably from a, a baptistic, baptistic background um, rather than a covenantal background um, with with baptizing um, infants and also the doctrine of the Trinity. It's been very interesting to me. Um, so those are the things that I've kind of been into as of late. Well, I don't have to think, um, feel, I mean, I don't want you to feel at least, I mean, um, that you have to feel like it's a contentious type of topic or something, you know, sister, you know, that you can feel safe here and that we can discuss it. I mean, whatever's on your heart and everything, because that is, you know, the spirit of Jesus, you know what I mean? Is that you know we 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 talk about these things we try to reconcile the things that are going on in our heart by us actually exemplifying what who Jesus is and actually demonstrating that you know what I mean so if we we have a sister on stage or anybody on stage that has concerns who wants to understand um, the Trinity doctrine or like you're saying like a water baptism with the baby and stuff. We should be able to discuss it. You don't have to look at that. That's an impediment of having um, a, a, a good 
um, profitable dialogue between your brothers and your sisters. You know what I mean? So you're the only sister here. So <laughs> I mean, but until somebody else comes on stage, so yeah, then it's on. It's incumbent upon us to just to demonstrate the 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 Holy Spirit that God has given us. You well, know, I do. I have limited time, but I, I'm curious about like the doctrine of the Trinity. Like, uh, you know, it sounds like you're you're pretty deep in what you believe. So, um, I, I guess like you you're probably looking more than like a general overview of the Trinity, right? Or, I, I guess I'm wondering what your oh, thoughts just, are just, around that. Yeah, just like deeper. Like we were talking, my like my husband and I were talking the other day. Like, you know, we'll say that God, right? Like God is His attributes. Um, cause I was on a, another live and they were saying that God, it almost sounded like they were saying that God was separate from his attributes. But then I was asking my husband, I was like, is God's like, I'm not sure. I was like, I thought historically Christians believe that God's, God's essence was his attributes. And then it was like defining essence and then you know, we came to the conclusion that, um, in a way, like it could be that he's like made up of parts, like it, it got into like a whole thing. And then like, you know, the mind of God, right. The will of God, you know, I think it's been historically said that, you know, Jesus, Jesus does have two wills, two minds. I would, might go as far as to say that, but I don't know, guys, this, I'm not hundred percent sure. I'm just like just delving into these things. I'm not like, um, you know, if, that God, Christ had to come to, re to redeem man. And part of man is man's will and man's mind. Um, so he has to have a mind and a will of, of man, but, but that mind and that will is in accordance, um, you know, with, with God ontologically, um, as well as economically. And a phone call. Yeah, uh, if I may, um, we have to be careful to, uh, because we don't believe in some uh, being or, or, or a black stone like Muslims to be our God. We, uh, like, we cannot say our God has a spirit because it has to be something, some being to have a spirit. We say our God is a spirit or we can't say our God has love. Is not an attribute of God. He is love. It's like the nature of sun is to burn. If he loses his uh, burning uh, fire, we won't call it a sun. So nature of sun is to, to burn, to light, to warm. And the nature of God is loving. He has no deceit or hate in, in himself. So, yeah, so he is love. He is, he, he is a spirit. He is spirit. So, uh, yeah. And, and another thing, what brother said before, uh, uh, we have to be careful as well because only the son became flesh. So the spirit and, and father, they never came on flesh. So uh, when we talk about the mind of God as well. Yeah, I would, I would agree that, that it was, it was, um, it was the son that, that became flesh. Um, but that, like ontologically how the how how the godhead is working right within itself um they have one mind and one will and then economically how the godhead is working uh through creation right um 
that their will and their mind is still of one accord. Now, I would agree that that God is love, um, right? He is merciful, but it's how is that His direct is that His direct essence? Um, yeah, these are things. I, I mean, I literally we were literally just talking about it yesterday, so I, I really don't have much to say on it. These are just thought. These are more. I'm just really more spouting thoughts that I'm having rather than, um, you know, making making statements. Um, because again, like Nate said, this is well above my pay grade. Well, I think the comforting thing is, at least with Christianity, like we don't have to, you know, theologize or intellectualize our way to salvation. So, you know, I, I don't know, some people like get so kind of, you, you can hear them like when they talk sometimes and they're like, well, is it this? But it could be this, but is it this? Oh, woe is me. Oh no, oh no. But it's like, you know, we can take a breath and it's like, you know, the Bereans, that's what I was going to say earlier, like, you know, studied the scripture daily to make sure, you know, they were as right as they could be. So at least with Christianity, it's like, you know, we can take a breath. So like if we are unsure or unclear on ontology versus predication and, you know, big fancy words from some dusty book. Um, you know, some guy wrote a thousand years ago. Um, it's like, we already know the ultimate answer. So if we never understand the complete ontology or economic Trinity or whatever, um, if you get hit by a truck tomorrow, you're good. Um, so, you know, it definitely behooves us to study and learn more. But when we hit a brick wall and we're like, I don't get this, or I don't understand this, or two different scholars who both, you know, know the gospel and are lifelong Christians have a disagreement, which one do I follow? Um, so it's, it's like e easy mode. So we don't have to work, <laughs> well, literally work and understand this stuff for our salvation. We've already got that. So all we're doing now is like just getting like bonuses on top. So if we get them, great. If we never are fully able to, you know, dissect God and be like, oh, now I put you on a Petri dish. I totally understand you. That's never going to happen. So I guess all we can do is try our best to, you know, follow Christ, follow God and understand as much about him as we can. Um, don't know if that's peace of mind for anyone else. But I know, you know, different religions and different philosophies, you know, you have to keep achieving and achieving until you, you know, you grow and grow and grow and then you get the prize. It's like, you know, we, we get the, we can have our cake and eat it too. We get the prize in the beginning. So don't know if that helps everyone, like maybe, maybe look at things differently, but. I think that was beautiful. I think that was beautifully said and, and praise God, right. That we don't, um, that we don't have to do that. Um, and I, I think that it's the beauty of it, right, is that we're not doing it. Like you said, other religions, it's like you're working and working and working. And, um, you know, that our work is was accomplished and in, in, the work was accomplished in, in Christ for us. Um, and that, you know, all of our pursuits that we're doing now is just to get to know him deeper and further. Right. Because a right theology gives us a higher doxology. You know, um, it gives us a higher praise. Right. Of God. Um, you know, when we do have, when we, when we worship him rightly, when we worship him, um, in the way that, in the way that he actually is. So just having that right, pursuing him out of love, um, for who he is and wanting to get to know him more, um, that, you know, instead of, like you said, having to try to, to, to work, work, basically, you know, work our way into heaven through knowing theology and, you know, thank God, you know, we don't, you know, that we're not doing that. Yeah, we, we definitely have to have the right theology to have the right Christ, uh, Christology, right? I mean, we, 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 it's fundamental. We have to, you know what I mean? 
and it's integral to what we, you know, to what we, what we believe in everything. But, you know, um, and I totally, I totally believe that. I believe, you know, in the, in the power of Christ. I believe in the power of prayer. I believe in the power of mercy, forgiveness, and love, and redemption. I believe in, I believe in all of that. You know what I mean? I do. But when I speak of Jesus, when I'm speaking to a Trinitarian, they know exactly what I'm speaking about. When I speak to others, they don't, it's a totally different Jesus and stuff. You know what I mean? So if they have the wrong theology, then they got the wrong Christ. And if they got the wrong Christ, they got the wrong salvation. Well, sorry for the the wrong means of salvation. Yeah, sorry for the noise, but I mean, in the context of this, um, I think we're all Trinitarians, um, the Christians at least. Um, so in this context, everyone agrees with the Trinity. It's just you know we're talking now like so deep that no one's going to say the other is a wrong because it's like, well, do you believe in the Trinity? Yes, yes, yes. What about the predication based upon ontology and the economic Trinity? Ah, don't know, don't care. That's like that's like something I think Bill Graham said once. He's like, look, I may not know the answer to everything in the book, but I know the the one who has all the answers. Um, and it was a simple way of saying, look, it, it's very the very basics you must get right, which are what you're saying, uh, Kurush, Kurush, uh, which I agree with, right? You got to have the right God, you got to have the right Jesus. It's the one talked about in the book. And by the time you you know you come around to these fundamentals, it's like then if you go so deep, it doesn't matter, right? It's like if you believe in in the Trinity and you have you know your PhD in theology and you've explored this and you're the chief, chief author of Trinity um, versus someone else. It's like, well, I get it. Like I just read in the beginning, you know, was the word. And you know, that's, that's clearly Jesus. It says it's Jesus. Revelation says it's Jesus. Um, and I see John the Baptist where, you know, you have the Holy spirit descending like a dove and the voice of the father calling out in heaven. This is my son whom I'm pleased. And you've got Jesus like being baptized. Like, I don't know what predication and ontology and all this stuff means. But I see three, you know, God represented as three persons right there. So that's what I believe. So in this in this scenario, where everyone's on the same team, it's just how deep someone's understanding goes. And just because someone may have, you know, big words and have it mapped out, by the way, doesn't mean they're right. <laughs> um, so I think, you know, it's good to try to learn and try to flush things out as much as possible. Why would we not? Um, but also with a little humility, like... Um, you know, kind of like the, not that, I mean, we're all Christians in this scenario too. So it's not like we'll be, we'll be the bad Pharisee, but for the example of like, you know, the Pharisee who's like, Oh, I'm so holy. God, thank you. I'm so much more holier than this guy versus, you know, the humble beggar who's just like, God, I know I'm a sinful person. Please have mercy on me. And, you know, so approach like this higher learning with that attitude. Um, and I think that's probably the good way to go. Welcome, Michael. How are you, Michael? Nate, I good i feel so terrible you know i messaged you last night i'm like hey you're gonna be on and then you know i take forever to get here i'm a bad person okay what can i say uh, uh well repent and follow jesus i i i uh decided this morning that with you know time was a little bit better spent laying in bed with my beautiful wife who also has the day off today and then having some breakfast now i'm taking care of snake terrariums you know life is good <laughs> um yeah, I, I found it interesting. I've been listening for a few minutes, obviously. Um, and I had a question, actually, for, uh, uh, if I say her name correctly, Aviana. And that is that um, I'm, I'm curious if your, if your journey had you, because, uh, like, for, for me, like, and so full disclosure, everybody knows, or pretty much everybody knows here, I'm an atheist. Um, 
but I was listening to what you were saying and, you know, like attempting to, it sounds like part of what you were saying was trying to learn, trying to grow, trying to understand better. And that led, and that led you to a better understanding and knowledge. Is, is that, is that correct? Yeah. I mean, ultimately I think it's right. It's, um, it's the spirit that's leading me right um in, into truth uh through uh, through god's word and through through teachers um you know of the past because i do believe that god gives us gives us teachers um that's biblical but yeah i think we are to to strive to learn and to and to gain knowledge of of god and in a deeper in a deeper understanding, um, again, not to right try to earn our salvation in any type of way, um, but to do it because we love Him and we want to to know more of who He is to be able to Him to be able to worship Him even even more properly, and just to um, you know know Him to to know Him because we love Him, right? Like you are married to your wife, you want to you should want to know your wife. Um, so it's, it's kind of the same thing, right? When you are in relation with relationship with God, um, you know, we should want to come to a deeper knowledge and, and a deeper, and a deeper understanding, which will ultimately lead to a deeper doxology. And so just to be clear, is that what you believed you did? And, and that was the result for you? Are you asking if the if diving into the theology led to a deeper doxology? Yes, I would say so. Okay, curious. Yeah, because it was it was actually that. So, um, uh, despite what the Bible may say, uh, I am a former Christian, and uh, and and it was actually my desire to do better that led me uh, away from religion. So I was just curious to hear your, uh, just clear, curious to hear your take on it. Can you elaborate on what you mean by your desire to do better? Oh yeah, so uh, so like I said, I was, a, I was a Christian and I started questioning, I started questioning my faith a little bit. And so what I decided to do, I spoke to several different people, a pastor and others, uh, people in my life that I trusted. And the, the universal, the, the, the consensus um, advice from them was to, to, to dive deeper, to strive more, to try to understand better, to read more, to study more uh, the Bible, et cetera. And so that's precisely what I did. And it was, it, for me, and, and that's why I'm just curious of the difference. I'm not, I'm not saying one did it better or worse than the other. Um, it, it's just curious to see the contrast. And that's why I asked you specifically how it worked out for you, because your 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 deep dive led to led you and, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, so correct me if I'm wrong. Your deep dive dive led you closer and my deep dive led me away. That's all. Um, I'm curious, though, not to interject myself, but when you say it was your desire to do better, which maybe you explained and it wasn't do better as much as like deep dive and learn more. but so maybe this doesn't apply, but when people say, you know, I wanted to do better, um, and that's what led me away from Christ, I think, well, unless someone has kind of a warped understanding, 
it's like you can aspire to do better if you're talking about like morality or helping your fellow man while still holding on to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Like, I don't see how that would relate. And maybe it doesn't. So maybe I'm, that's not for you, Michael, because um, I think maybe you kind of explained a little more. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and, and we've talked about this before, right? Like it was, you know, like I, uh, like I was a Trinitarian believer, right? Uh, I believed that I was saved by grace through faith alone. Um, so, so it wasn't do better as in like move towards like a work workspace, which is kind of what I heard, um, you know, which was kind of the undercurrent of some of the things that was discussed when I first came in, uh, wasn't that it was just the, you know, like had to, to do better into try to be a better, um, a better representative under first Peter three fifteen, right. To be able to give a reason for the faith that lies within me, right. So to, to know more, to understand more. And to be able to answer the questions when asked of me, that's what I meant. And I, and yeah, I, I'm pretty sure you knew that. Yeah, I think so. That's why I was, I was a little confused. You, you explained it. Well, I also think, um, well, yeah, you explained it. I, I took over a little bit ago, Aviana, if you wanted to answer. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear the question. Um, no, yeah, just a couple that, back and forth ago. Yeah. Um, just so, I, like, uh, yeah, the overall question was like, was it your, um, and, and I, I guess really it was more of a, it was more of a comment and I was curious as to your thoughts on it because your, you know, like from what I took from the conversation, your deep dive, your desire to know more, to do more, like not do as in works, but do as in, you know, study more, such like that led you to an increased faith and mine led me away from it. So I was just curious as to, like, did I, I found the contrast, uh, interesting. And I was also curious as to if you had thoughts on it. Yeah, yeah, I um, I would definitely, I would definitely say um, that it led me closer to the Lord. Um, and, I, and my question to you is going to be: Was there a specific doctrine or specific things that drove you away? So this will, so without being, uh, and, and I mean this in the, in the most charitable way possible, but not to be triggering, um, when, and I've said this to Nate before, uh, like it is like overall, it is, it was a, it wasn't one thing, right? It wasn't like, oh, I read this, I read this one passage and that was it. That's what, that's the straw that broke the camel's back. No, it was a cumulative case, right? It was, um, but if you break it down to the lowest common denominator, one of the biggest things was actually reading the Bible. And my inability to reconcile it with the reality that we experience, but it goes much deeper than that, right? Like it's, you know, it's, it's not only, you know, the things that the Bible say that don't comport with reality, but it's also, you know, the fields of study, different areas of science, you know, his, uh, his, some historical things that we know don't line up, things like that. So it wasn't one thing. And I've, I've had, I'm not surprised by you, by your question. Because I get asked this all the time, you know, like, you know, what was it? And I'm like, well, it's not one thing. And if you've got several hours, <laughs> you know, we can talk about all of the different things that, that led to it. But it was, it was very much a, a cumulative thing. But one of the big ones was reading the Bible. Well, I only have several minutes. Um, <laughs> and Michael, I know we talked about this too. Like, you know, whenever we say things like certain things we know, well, science would say, as far as we know them, we know them. Or, you know, likelihood. Um, you know, so if, if we, even if, and I know you're not trying to speak for science, but I'm just saying that's usually the most rigorous natural standard is the science, which would assign likelihood to it. Um, so, you know, applaud for hedging science. 
Um, yeah, yeah, no, no, but it's, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I would always say fallibilistic, right? You know, like the but, philosophical principle of fallibilism being that you, you, you have knowledge without certainty. That's what I mean. But I think, you know, I think there is a point and I want to get to Brenda too. Hey, Brenda, welcome. Um, with the limited time I have, but, um, and thanks for finally joining us like a million hours late stuff. But I, I think there's also something to it, like y y biblically based, right? So in the context of like, you know, Christians who are trying to dig deep and like learn more what we've been talking about and like studying and stuff like this, um, it should be for bonus points because we've already got the, we've already got the prize. We've already got our eternal life for Jesus. So we should just be learning more and more in this desire to grow closer to God and foster this relationship versus to get one up on the next person that asks what we think is a dumb scholarly question. Um, so I think sometimes it can be dangerous, um, you know, like where the Bible, Bible talks about unbelievers and it talks about non-Christians and like man's wisdom and people who are puffed up with pride and like high philosophies, which, oh my goodness, we've been through the railroad in the last like three days with like 16 year old kids coming in and like micro machines speaking as fast as they can. Like they don't even know what they're saying. They're just spewing it out so fast. These like big philosophical terms and jargon. I'm like, I don't even think you, it's like that inconceivable. It's like from Princess Bride. It's like, you keep using that word. I don't think you think it means what it means or whatever. That, like, I just got the overwhelming sense. It's just like Romans 1 smacking me in the face. I'm like, guys, look, you may not believe God is true, but you have to admit this is talking about you. Like, you're, think, you're claiming to be like so wise, but everyone and probably yourself included, if you just take a breath and realize what you're doing, you're, it's just foolishness. So you can say, anyways, that, that so I, even from a Christian perspective, if people like, you know, start off even for good intentions, like, you know, we should always guard ourselves and, you know, make sure we're doing things for the right reasons, just like any other facet of our life. But, you know, um, if you start, I have if to you go. Start, oh, did you want to say something first, Brenda? I have to go. There's somebody's at the door. Oh, okay. Well, come back if you can, if we're still here. Um, anyways. Is it right if I go? Hang on. Hang on. That, that, oh, 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 that derailed me for a minute. I'll try to finish fast. Um, but um, hang, I was right back on track, and then you guys talked again. Hang on. Sorry. <laughs> um, gee. Uh, the 16-year-old kids who are spewing out micro-machine information and not even knowing the philosophical Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So the point is, maybe I'm becoming one of these people now, but it's good to like, you know, guard yourself, guard our hearts. I've got to mute you. That's loud. Mute yourself when you're not talking. Um, because we see it on Clubhouse. Like we see it in these forums, like Christians who like, it seems like, you know, believe the right things. They, they parrot the right things. You know, Jesus, that's great. But then they have their pet projects and they're so like, quote, scholarly and studied and intellectual about certain things, whether it's like a certain take on the Trinity or like a cosmic, uh, you know, temple in Genesis, or like they'll have their pet projects, um, or self-study people that will say you have to cry tears of living water. And it's like, they think they're so deep and have gone so deep and discovered these like Gnostic almost secrets of God that they basically have joined a cult. Um, so anyways, all that was to say, do things in the right spirit. So if someone's like, I'm gonna read the Bible and their heart is towards God, you know, I believe they're going to be led deeper and deeper toward that. And Michael is hitting a stab at you, but I guess since you're not a Christian now, um, don't don't take it that way but I, I guess you know you're the stand-in or if you I read it with a skeptical lens um maybe it didn't start out that way maybe you start on the right track but now you, instead of like just reading it through the most unbiased lens you can or you know trying to go closer to this relationship with god it's pulling you further and further away and that's, that's kind of like the parable of like the sower and the seeds right like the rocky ground and stuff like that some is good and fertile some holds for a time maybe the i used to be a christian and then you know seeds get scattered and it's rocky soil and it doesn't hold. So then you're like, 
how could a snake really talk? Ah, ha, ha, I don't know. And then by the time you get to like some other miracle or some other event, like Noah's Ark, you're like, that doesn't have the buoyancy to really float. And I mean, I guess that like Jesus addresses in his parables. Um, and we didn't even need to be scholars for that. I didn't mean to preach yeah, this no. No, 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 no. I, I, I get it. I, I totally get it. And it's interesting. So uh, kind of in reverse order, one of the first things you said, you know, people trying to get this knowledge and things like that, I think is I think it's important to think about. Christopher Hitchens said in one of his books, he said that he, he believes the mark of an educated man is understanding how much he still has to learn. Um, and I, I try to I, I try to keep focused on something like that, like, you know, trying to, you know, have some humility. And uh, and, and yeah, so I, I think that that's a that's a good thing. People who who claim to, to know everything tend to know a lot less than they think they do. Uh, do you have a reply, Aviana? Oh, no, I just think that, you know, that what he said was true about, I just heard it, the fact that when people come to a place and it's like, sadly, I feel like I just, over the last six months to a year, I feel like I just got right to that place. I mean, I was always kind of there, but like that, that like, I just didn't realize like how how just vast it was and in, in different areas of of my life, um, whether it's, you know, learning, learning God. And it's like how how puffed up with pride do you think you can be that, you know, you're going to think to know so much about God. Like we're literally going to be searching him out for all of eternity, like all of eternity. We're going to be searching out God. And um, just other areas of my life, like how, like, I'm very natural, very, like, holistic. I spend, like, I, education and, like, learning, like, research is my thing. Like, I love to research things. Um, and I, I was, like, talking to my dad the other day, and I was, like, the, I, I told him that exact thing. I was, like, the more I learn, I was, like, the more I realize I just don't know anything. And it's, like, you think you have, like, all this information about you know, whatever it may be. Um, yeah, but it's just so, it's just so much and so vast and how much more right with God and and who he is, the one that we're literally going to be searching out for, for all of eternity. So I just, yeah, I just wanted to agree with that. Yeah. I, I, I want to chime in. Hang on one second. Um, there's Steph. And then I wanted to say something in chat. Steph apparently is ready to kick butts today. So that's interesting, but in chat, like, yeah, who, who was the guy? Fala, whatever. Um, was talking about like when Christianity first began as if it matters. I don't know if he has a problem with the name, but if you look at it, the Christians, uh, you know, the followers of Jesus were, it was called the way followers of the way. And it was that was it Antioch or in acts, they were first called Christians. And that just means Christ followers. So it wasn't inherently like, Hey, this is Christianity. Like Christianity is, is derived from Christ follower. Like that, that's what a Christian is. So if Christ was named something different, it would be, that follower but because you know his his christ jesus christ jesus the messiah they're like oh well you follow this christ then you are a christian that's i mean that's the whole point of christianity like if we want if we wanted to say well i follow jesus the messiah uh the death burial resurrection of jesus he is god um he's god incarnate he's god in the flesh um i put my eternal faith and trust in him and now uh the terminology we're going to use for that is potato then say i follow the religion of potato so the word has no bearing I mean, words have meaning. So, you know, Jesus name wasn't potato. It was it was Jesus, the, the Christ, the Messiah. So that's why Christianity is a thing. So if if all the beliefs of Jesus, all the things he taught us to uh, believe and do and all the things he said and all of his teachings, if you wanted to say that is green, 
great, then my religion is green. So the word Christian, I don't know why you have such a bone to pick, but that's all it means. It's a placeholder for all these beliefs. So I'm happy to you know, spend the rest of your life explaining what each of the beliefs and teachings of Christ are, uh, but it would be easier to just be like, yeah, we're a Christian, read the Bible. Uh, Steph, did you want to follow up? Uh, yes. So the counter to that, uh, to steel man him, is that because Jesus never said the word Christian, potato, or green, none of those things uh, exist or are logically consistent. So, haha. Well, great. Then I, you well, can yeah, refer yeah, to even, me even as would, a yeah. Jesus follower. There you go. Yeah, are but even I would now? say to something like that. Yeah, but what's interesting, sorry, Nate, to step on you like that. But what I would say to something like that is like when Darwin went on the origin of species, he didn't even know what DNA was. Right. So we can't. So, I mean, knowledge evolves, understanding evolves. So like to and, and I understand that Steph was attempting to steal man. But like my my counter to that counter would be something like that. Like we we understand that knowledge evolves. Right. So just to say something wasn't you know, like we we know more about evolution now than we know about gravity. Right. But that doesn't mean that our evolution like that, our, that our knowledge won't increase over time. So I think that if someone was trying to use that that argument, uh, like, like if, if someone was trying to use, use Steph's steel man argument, I would counter with something like that. And it, you know, I would even say that as an atheist. Wow. Good way to work the demons of evolution into this talk, Michael. <laughs> Just You're kidding, welcome. Um, Karash, <laughs> you wanted to say something? Uh, yeah yeah i just i just wanted to, i just wanted to say this you know it's you know it, it's interesting when i hear uh when i hear people make the comment or let me say atheist makes the comment that they read the bible and that's the reason why they became an atheist and i understand what michael is trying to say that it's a culmination of distinct um things that happen or, or he read that came made him come to his ultimate conclusion and stuff but when I hear that, it seems like they're more so focusing on the supernatural that doesn't materialize in their 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 uh their their uh, in reality what they say with their, their uh, the material world that they're living in and stuff. So they want to discount it, but they never say anything about the message of Jesus and stuff. You know about love. You know turning the other cheek, praying for one's enemy, and everything like that. As if as if they do not see that. You know, as well, but they never say that as a reason to become an atheist. They, as, as as if they're just completely unpersuaded by the message of Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. when I hear that, I'm I'm a little bit I'm a little bit dubious about when I hear stuff like that. Did you really read the entire Bible? Did you read yeah. from front to cover? Did you we really are- really? We are unpersuaded. We are unpersuaded by the message of Christ. Yes. No, okay. So tell me this, and let me let me just ask you this directly: What is it uh, about Jesus Christ's message that offends you so much? It doesn't offend me. Why aren't you persuaded by it? What What is it specifically? Give me something that Jesus said that you're not persuaded. By. Wait. Do we have? Do we, Nate? Do we have to do Brenda on Good Friday? Like. Uh, well, I was actually going to let Mike respond because uh, uh, I, th- I thought that was kind of directed at him since he said it. But then I was going to ask what Brenda had because I'm I'm sure she had a different question besides this topic she just jumped back into. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I was going to give her a, a fair shot, and I, I only have limited time. By the way, Steph, do you do you, do you want to do this? Or when I leave, or do you not have time when I have to go? No, I won't. Go ahead and shut it down when you gotta go. Okay, we have a few more minutes. Yeah, Michael, if you want to respond to that, then I'll see what Brenda's original question was, and we'll go from there. Michael, did you want to respond to that? Like, yeah, yeah what does Jesus a, tell yeah. you to 
does he tell you to love too much and you're like, ah, he doesn't exist because of this. <laughs> no, no, of course, no, of course not. Um, no, so yeah, it wasn't. So to answer the first question, uh, yes, Genesis one to Revelation twenty two multiple times, um, and 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 it's not it, it's it's not the it's not the lack of persuasion by his message in particular, because I think there there are certain parts of the Bible, and we've talked about this uh, at length somewhat recently, actually. There are some parts in in Proverbs, for example. That like, and we went through, you can go back. There's, there, there is an episode, there's a podcast episode of Ask a Christian where Nate, Roy Montero, and I go through a, an entire book of Proverbs. And they basically say, you know, is this a cool thing? Is that a cool thing? And as an atheist, I give my perspective on all those things. And they're not all bad. It, for me personally, because the only, the only thing that atheists have in common is they don't believe in God. Everything else is something else. So, so the reason why Brenda may be an atheist may be different for the reason that I'm an atheist. The only core issue that we share is we don't believe a god exists that's it that's all positively enough like it doesn't have to be anything more than that and i'd just like to add <laughs> and then we'll go to brenda um that it's a common espousal that you lack a belief in a god or gods because i and i think you probably know some anyways michael who ah uh, crush that's a lot of feedback um i think you probably know some that you know you're like if you meet an atheist in your atheist club or whatever you've probably came to some that have such a like unrelegated fervor for anti-christian stuff like a very anti-theist like militantly so and you just get the sense it's like okay well look i hear you espousing you lack of belief in a god or gods but i think maybe you actually believe and really hate this god you believe in while you're espousing you don't so i'd say yes the general thing is you all don't lack a belief in a god or gods um but uh, i i would question some of the people that share that espousal and say, well, you know, this person is like, I don't have a problem with Christians, I don't have a problem with Islam, I don't have a problem with gods, uh, I just don't believe in any of them. Uh, versus someone that's like, I don't believe in a god, nah! it's like, oh, well, you're saying that, but you're, I, I don't know. Anyways, um, is that yeah, fair, Michael? It, it is a, it, yeah, no, it, no, unfortunately not. Um, it, it, it is a common trope. There's no one like that? Out. Well, I don't. I wouldn't say there's. I wouldn't say there's no one like that. But okay. I, like, I can. I can say personally, I've not experienced someone like that. But it is. A, it is a somewhat common trope. Say, like, you know, um, you know, you know, why do you hate God so much? And the, there's a lot of problems with that. One, it begs the question if the God actually exists. Um, and and two, it it assigns a you know a a negative belief to something, right? So what I've said to people is, I don't hate God any more than I hate Lord Voldemort, right? He's because a big because yeah, because to me, to me it's a fictional entity. So like, I, you know, I don't, I don't hate this thing. And, and I've, I've, I've said freely and openly, like, I, I don't necessarily have a, you know, I've, you know, kind of like tongue in cheek. I don't have a problem so much with Jesus, but some of his followers give me the creeps. Right. Um, so, you know, because there are, you know, in, in what you said, you know, kind of uh, attributing some things to, to atheists, there are a lot of Christians that spit venom <laughs> more toxic than I ever could. Yeah, that is true. And I, I, say, I think it would be fair to split the difference because, yeah, that is a common trope. Like, um, yeah, un unfairly, I think, thrown out sometimes. It's like, oh, you're, you're saying you don't believe in God, but you totally do. And it's like, dude, I just asked what time it was and you think I hate God. So, I mean, you know, to be fair, I mean, yeah, it's a common trope that gets probably used more than it should. On the other hand, to say that nobody fits that bill, I think is also unfair. But uh, so, yeah, probably probably spit the middle. But Brenda, what's up, Brenda? You've waited long enough. What was your question before uh, you came into this? Because I'm sure you oh, I, had one originally. I just like coming into these rooms and having uh, debates with people. That's what I enjoy doing. I enjoy engaging in in these kinds of um, uh, debates. And, and so then I go to a room that seems to me like that's possible, right? So I came. 
So, you know, I, I don't think you have answers. I, I don't think Wonderful. you do. You have dogma. You have dogma based on based on pre your presupposition that the Bible is true. But I don't think you have answers. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, well, Brenda, well, I, I did mean, ask a question earlier. Hang on, hang on, crush, crush, crush. Ah, hang on, crush. Uh, wait, 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 everyone, wait. Um, so I guess if you didn't have a question, I guess hang on. Like I have super limited time. Where were all of you people three hours ago? That would have been the great time for you to show up. But now I, I'm like just I was to asleep. I have to run. Well, uh, we're going to need you to you know set your alarm clock a little earlier. Um, so you know, I mean, I guess you can decide. The audience will decide if we have answers or dogma. Um, you know, they've got three hours today and countless thousands of hours. So I mean, if all if the consensus is we don't have answers, then I guess they can decide that. Uh, Mac actually did have a question though. You said Mac, I hope it's a quick one because I do have to run. Yeah, it's pretty quick. So, uh, Steph and Nate, can you both agree that uh, because it was revealed that it didn't happen, that evolution isn't true and the global flood is true? Because, you know, if God said he did it, he did it. Is that, do we agree? Oh, goodness. Okay, no. so it, let's see, hang on. You no. said if it was revealed, okay. evolution did not happen. There, there's nothing, there, there okay. would be nothing I'm, to I'm the so negative. sorry. I'm so sorry. The, the the question is badly formed. Okay, so do you agree that do you believe that that in evolution that evolution happened or the billions of years or do you believe that there was a six day creation event? Old Earth over here. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm somewhere I'm somewhere between young Earth and old Earth. It, it doesn't matter. Like people can make reasonably persuading arguments yeah, for but, both. So I'm sort of like old Earth and new Earth. Uh, mm -hmm. Old Earth okay. and, and he asked about evolution. He asked about evolution. No, 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 no. Brenda, Brenda, I'm going somewhere. It's fine. Um, so uh, do you believe in the global flood, that the global flood happened? If I read yeah. the story, I would want to read it again. I, I, I think whenever I read this before, I think it says something, depending on the translation or the original, that you can, you can surmise it was a global flood, but I don't believe it outright says it. I think the implication is there. But if I remember reading it right, I would want to read it again to give an answer. But I don't think it says the whole world. I think you can read that into it really easily, though. So I would say, yeah, it was either a multi-regional or global flood. A lot of water. Okay, but uh, I would want to read well, the actual yeah, text I, and defer can, to that. Can I chime in science, for one second? We can oh, on, easily say that it was the known world and have that satisfy the text. Okay, well, given that science, given that science seems to indicate that that didn't happen or that there's no evidence that it happened, we believe it anyhow, like for the record, I believe in a global flood, uh, simply because the revelation of God says that it happened. So my question is, given that we believe in, you know, the, the flood story, uh, many, many evangelical Christians believe in a six day creation, why do we also not believe in flat earth? Like I, like I, Aha, I looked up I a bunch like of verses. This question. <laughs> can I, can I just say? Because like, I I've become a flat earther. Uh, I've become a flat earther because I realized that if we're to accept that a donkey talk. Albanian, hang, hang on, Albanian. We, I, I, I promise I'll land. I promise I'll land it. Um, I've become a flat earther because I've realized that if we're to accept a talking donkey, if we're to accept a talking serpent, if we were to accept that someone lived in a fish for three days, if we're to accept that that um, that the world was created in six days, despite all the scientific evidence to the contrary, 
Well, the earth talks, the Isaiah talks about a circle of the earth, talks about heaven stretched out like a tent, talks about, uh, Matthew talks about being able to see all the kingdoms of the world from a tall mountain. The Bible preaches a flat earth, and even Dr. Josh agrees that Hebrew cosmology was a flat earth model. So, so I, I'm stuck, I'm stuck in my, in my obligations and my entailments to adhere to a flat earth model. Anyway, uh, yeah, just so got... just how, yeah, so just how people, like, recently I watched a video um, someone made me watch, um, and it was telling how if you're a biblical literalist, you somehow, well, maybe it wasn't literalist. Anyways, they were saying that based on the scripture, God created a cosmic temple in Genesis 1, and it actually wasn't the, the material world at all. It was a cosmic temple. So much in the same way, when people say, if you take the Bible literally and you believe everything the Bible says, therefore you must believe the following, automatic red flag. What that really most times mean is uh, you can read it, and this is my very specific interpretation, even though you can be a biblical absolute literalist and still interpret it differently. Um, so not all literal interpretation, there's not one literal interpretation depending on the scripture. You can have different interpretations that are still literal, much like when you talk about Isaiah and it says, you know, the world is or Job even, and the world is his footstool and the circle of the earth is, is which if you look at that word, I did a study on that one time, I don't know if it means sphere, but you can definitely read that into it. Just like we're, so if we're going to read things into everything else, then we can sphere read circle, as, then we can, then we can read circle as sphere. Um, so I'd say that, that would be my thing. So I would say, I do take the Bible literally, um, unless clearly it says now Jesus tells the parable of something. So, you know, you know, the author's intent. So if it's when it's supposed to be read literally, um, like, you know, when it says, you know, God did this and it's like, well, I think that's a metaphor. Well, there's no reason to think it's a metaphor. Hey, it says it you, says this point blank. Yes, you can. I'm hang on. Let me let me do that thing where people say they're gonna land and then five minutes later they do. Um I'll do it in thirty seconds. Anyway, that's the point. So I believe the flood, a lot of water, uh, globally or not, even secular uh geologists will say there is like at least evidence of a large multi regional flood. Um so and then as far as the footstool thing. No, that that is not literal at all. And the reason I don't believe in a flat earth is because those the Bible doesn't compel me to believe in a flat earth in any sense of the word. And then, you know, we have weather balloons that shoot up, um, you know, thanks, China. And you can see the curve of the earth and you can see it all the way to space, like from ground to be, uh, ground to end. So unless we're going to say dupe demons are in camera equipment. Uh, no, the earth is a sphere. Go, Steph. And then I'm going to have to run. Yep. So, Mac, my answer to your question would be uh, you threw out a whole bunch of examples and then you're arriving falsely at a the, the, the idea that the Bible has a flat earth, uh, you know, description. Uh, and then you're separately appealing to the ancient understanding of the earth, which is that's those are two separate topics. Right. Stay muted. Okay. So how the Bible describes it and how the ancient peoples understood it are going to be two separate conversations, first of all. Second of all, Wednesday nights at nine o'clock here on Clubhouse, you can join a room where Pastor Mark uh, is going through a book explaining how to read the Bible, how to understand what it says, um, how to uh, identify different literary devices used in the Bible. For example, one of the citations you used was Jonah, um, that if we believe that a man lived for three days in the belly of a fish, then we must also believe the earth is flat. I don't even know where to begin with the contradictions there. But Tim Mackey, for example, makes a very compelling argument that although the Bible is to be taken inerrantly and not to be cherry-picked, we are to delve in and understand the best that we possibly can. Tim Mackey argues that the book of Jonah is very likely comedic satire. 
Okay, so if you're going to read the Bible, and as we know, comedic satire often like conveys very real truths. If you are going to read comedic satire, if you're going to read The Onion, you're going to glean some understandable and interesting truths from an article from The Onion, but you are going to understand the context that you're reading is comedic satire and must look at it that way. So before you come back with this question again, I strongly recommend that you study more about the context of the question you're asking, the issues that you have in the Bible, and then ask a more educated question. A uh, quick follow-up, Matt. I love you, Steph. Thank you. Uh, Matt, did you want to follow up quick? Can, can I get in for one second, Nate? I've been trying. Sure, um, I disagree Mike. wholeheartedly, but but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be respectful of your time. Okay. Uh, okay. So so Mac, we had this conversation the other day of a Jewish rabbi, and and I've had it multiple times. There was not a word for regional at the time. Okay. So sometimes when we're getting the interpretation of world, it it should actually mean region. And if you look at the archaeology, and Nate said this. The, there is a, a historical flood around the same time in the region of the world that we're talking about. So that's how I would respond to you around the whole flood aspect. Then you need to go to your fellow evangelicals and, get, and give them the memo. Yes, we're uh, yeah, trying. Bring, Hence bring the them to me room. and we will do that. And by the way, what is that? Like fellow evangelicals, like where do they get such, where do they get such a term? Like that's on par with like Michael getting... You know, stuff thrown out like all atheists hate You're God. You're a born again God, Christian. Which, You're a born again Christian. Don't don't you know quibble with the words. Come on. What? I don't even know what that means. Anyway, so when people You're say like oh, to... when people say like oh you evangelicals that like somehow got like a, a bad connotation it like every evangelical. No, it doesn't have a bad connotation. No. Yeah, this okay, is why he every wasn't. Evangelical, for the record, like, this is every, why he went like every evangelical automatically believes like flat earth, Jesus rode a dinosaur, like all, all this nutso stuff. I'm like, just because you found like three people who identify as evangelical now, like the entire evangelical world, like that's nuts. Uh, yeah, Steph, uh, say your last thing. And then I'm going to, oh, oh, I was just pointing out that's why he wasn't allowed up. So now he has this answer from before. All right. Well, I, I think I, I'm increasingly starting to think we're being trolled. But um, <laughs> all right, everyone, happy Good Friday, and we will see you all later. Take care.